Here it is, kids. Our double size, spectacular 50th episode of Head Speaks. Well, I don't know if it be double sized or not, but it is the 50th episode of Head Speaks. 50 episodes ago, I started this little podcast. If I was coming out on a monthly regular schedule like I should, one episode a month, uh, that would have been just a little over four years ago. <clears throat> but since my schedule has been a little more chaotic, a little more erratic than that, it's actually been just over five years ago. I released my first episode June the 23rd of 2014. Episode 1, Beginning of an Era. Uh, so go ahead and join me for this episode of Head Speaks, the 50th episode, where I, I originally wanted this to be the Armageddon 2001 to, to Armageddon 2001 second issue, the conclusion of it. I think it would have been nice, but things interfered, things got moved around. So here we are. We've got Just League Europe this episode. I've also got At the Movies of Head. And I'm taking an old segment, and I'm changing the name. We'll talk about that during the show. But enough about me babbling. Thank you guys for joining me for 50 episodes. I hope you guys are still here. <laughs> but uh, let's go ahead and stop the babbling and the mumbling and the talking beforehand. And uh, let's go ahead and, as that dog on the commercial says, Roll that beautiful bean footage. True Believers, this is Head Speaks, a proud member of the Headcast Network family of shows. As usual, I am your host, Aaron Moss, a.k.a. Head. This is my mostly monthly Headcast, where I talk about comics, movies, role-playing games, TV shows, and anything else geeky that I want. So sit back and enjoy the ride. Let's begin. Hey, True Believers. Aaron Moss coming at you with, as I talked about in the opening, episode 50 of Head Speaks. That's right, 50 episodes ago, I started this little endeavor. Uh, I wasn't sure I was going to make it. <laughs> Here I am, episode 50. Uh, first off, I want to give you all a big thank you very much for joining in with me, uh, for paying with my insanity all these years, and I hope you guys are liking the show. Uh, I don't get much feedback, but... I guess I can't complain because there's plenty of podcasts I listen to that I I don't respond to either because I forget by the time I get home because I listen to my car or whatever. So. so let's go ahead and start with episode 50 of Head Speaks. First, a little party music. show we're going to start with a a new in quote segment what i'm doing is uh well let's take it back a sec 
Uh, when I first started this podcast, I wasn't quite as family friendly. Uh, it was about comics and everything, but I was more willing to cuss. And again, my nickname is Head, so I was making a lot of my segments innuendos towards my name. Uh, and this seg- next segment, I'm gonna—I've changed the name of was one of them. I was calling it just a little Head, and again, it was a little more adult-oriented theme uh, as far as intro. But over the years, I've, I've decided to make the podcast a little more family-friendly since I'm talking mainly about comics. I mean, I'll have the occasional more adult subject, if you will, and I'll, I'll label those episodes as need be. But for the most part, I decided to well, actually, like the rest of my podcast, make this more family-friendly. Uh, so I, I changed the name of a Little Head, and I got this from a friend of mine online. I had posted a, uh, a memory or something forget what it was now, but a friend of mine I grew up with, he's like, you know, he loves hearing these old stories from when we were kids, and uh, he came with an interesting name, he goes, it's the Chronicles of Head, and I like that, so I'm labeling this next section, the Chronicles of Head, I don't have an intro yet, but I may do that soon, but for the Chronicles of Head, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about the origins of the podcast, I know I've talked about it in the past, but the 50th issue sounds like a great time to kind of just kind of recap uh, the origins of the podcast. And again, I don't have anything written down because, again, I've gotten in trouble from friends before for writing things down and reading it because I, I come better, they say, just off the cuff or off the head. So uh, I may jump around a little bit, but here we go. So back in 2012, me and the wife used to watch the, the TV show on AMC Comic Book Men. It's the only reality show that I really cared for because it looked at comic books. And I realize it's not reality, reality. Again, as I always say, whenever you put a, cam- a camera in front of somebody, they cease being real and they start acting a certain way. So I understand it's not reality. But I enjoyed watching Comic Book Man mainly to see the the uh, shenanigans Walt and the gang would get into, plus the whole uh, seeing old comics and old, you know comic book paraphernalia being displayed. I, I love seeing all that. So while we're watching that, at some point, uh, the wife asked me, because they've made comments that, they, you know, it's for about a podcast, because uh, it came out of, the comic book man, in case you don't know, came out of the podcast, Tell Him Steve Dave, by Walt Flanagan, Brian Johnson and Brian Quinn from from uh, Practical Jokers. So they mentioned you know, something about podcasting, and my wife asked if I've ever listened to any of their podcast. Well, at this point, I'd never listened to any podcast. I assume podcast was mainly uh, well, the main podcast I'd heard. You know, was Rush Limbaugh and, and things like you know, very Republican, very talk radio. So I never really got into it. So I decided to check out and look up the comic book men, and I came across uh, I Sell Comics, I came across Tell Him Steve Dave, plus some of other Kevin Smith's podcasts, uh, James Allen Bob Get Old. So I was listening to a handful of his podcasts, and along the way I started listening to the Fire and Water Network podcasts. Uh, at the time it was just the uh, Fire and Water podcast. I started listening, because I'm a big Firestorm fan, I started listening to... Michael Bailey and Jeffrey Taylor's uh, 
from Crisis to Crisis Superman podcast. Because, again, I love that era of Superman. And I slowly started branching out and listening to other podcasts. Well, then in 2000, it must have been the next year, 2013, a buddy of mine I used to work with at the internet company I worked for, he contacted me because he knew I was a big Kevin Smith fan. He's like, hey, Aaron, I've, I've got some tickets for, four tickets for com- for uh, for Kevin Smith's new movie, a gro- uh, what is it, Jay and Silent Bob's groovy cartoon movie. I can't go due to reasons. Would you like them? I'll sell them to you for what I paid for them. I wanted to, but I didn't have the extra money right now. So I'm like, well, I'm broke right now. I ain't got the cash. But I may know someone that may want them. At the time, again, I was working at the IRS still. And my manager, Sue, she was a big Kevin Smith fan and Star Wars and geek, a geek woman. Because we, during sometimes, you know, during downtime or when things were, yeah, we talk about comic books, Kevin Smith, Kevin Smith's movies, some of his podcasts. And so I told her, you know, I got a buddy that's willing to sell these tickets. Do you want to buy them? So I basically was their middleman. I, I hooked her up with the tickets. Uh, I hooked the two of them up so they, you know, to make the deal there to, so he get his money out of the tickets. Uh, a few days later, we were talking. She's like, how come you didn't want them? I know you're a Kevin Smith fan. I told her why you got the money right now. You know, things are tight at the household. And she's like, well, you know, me, my husband, and my son's going. I've got an extra ticket. If you want to go along, you can ride with us. And, you know, just pay for your dinner or whatever, and you can go with us and watch the show. So, right on. So, I went with them, and we watched the Kevin, uh, what is it, Jay and Silent Bob's groovy cartoon movie. And afterwards, they recorded an episode of Jay and Silent Bob Get Old, the podcast I talked about earlier I was listening to. And for a while, and Kevin Smith's been, for the longest time, he used to bang the drum about making movies. He told everyone about making a movie. Now... He's telling people I'll make podcasts. It's free, relatively free. There's no gatekeeper. There's no one saying you can't do this. So during the the podcast, he's like, I'm giving everyone a, I'm giving everyone homework. Within one year, I want everyone here to go out and do a podcast. And this must have been June of night of 2013. So I want everyone to go out and and create a pod and do a podcast. At least one episode. Just see, you know, what happens. So I went home and thought about it and thought about it and continued to think about it. Did some planning, did some work. And within the next year, uh, on June the 23rd of 2014, when I released my first episode, episode one, the beginning of an era of Head Speaks. But while I was doing this, I was like, oh, I want to talk about comics in general. And I was a big fan of Suicide Squad. So I decided I want to cover that book also. I wanted to just didn't want to limit myself to that. So I decided to do Head Speaks where I talk about comics, movies, anything geek, whatever I felt like talking about. And I also decided I would start a second podcast, Task Force X. Because, again, I was a big fan of Su- Suicide Squad, the, the comic book from uh, John Ostrander back in the 80s. And I was thinking, you know, I can cover Suicide Squad. That'd be pretty good. And while I was thinking about what else or how to do it, details and all that, I realized that Checkmate was a, a part of the mix that had a crossover to, it was part of Task Force X. Hey, there's a good title, Task Force X. I can cover John Ostender's Suicide Squad, Paul Cupperberg's Checkmate. That'd be a great show. So a month later, in July of 2014, July, I believe, I believe the first episode dropped July 6th of 2014. 
So less than a month later, I released my second podcast. And as you guys know, if you follow my network, things went downhill from there. I came out with the uh, the G.I. Joe podcast I started doing with uh, Kyle Benning and Ryan Daly. Due to personal life and personal things, they had to step away. I've had other podcast hosts join me. And also, again, listening to the Who's Who's podcast over in the Fire and Water Network, they were talking about a Starman character, and Shag came on, like, you know, why hasn't someone started a Starman blog? The Will Payton Starman's a great character. I agree with Shag. I know it's not wise to usually say that you agree with Shag, but I agree with Shag. So that's why I decided to start the Starman Manhunter Adventure Hour. A Starman, because I really love him. Manhunter, it was written by Paul Cup, uh, sorry, by John Oshender. Another great character. So I decided to team those two up and make a podcast. And then here more recently, I, I created a second show for my G.I. Joe show called The Bravo Team, looking at other G.I. Joe related material. So that's how the podcast got started. My, my pod, And then eventually, a year or two ago, uh, I, I know the Fire and Water started their network. Michael Bailey started a network with his shows. I just said, you know what? I've got all these individual shows. Why don't I gather them all in one, one umbrella? So that's why I decided to create the Headcast Network. So, again, this is a brief recap, but I just wanted to touch on that. Again, my 50th episode, I figured it was important to touch upon the, the origins and the history of HeadSpeaks and the HeadSpeaks Network, or the HeadCast Network. So that is how I got started. If you didn't know, you know now. And stay tuned for future developments on Chronicles of Head. All right, I'm going to play a quick promo. Uh, it's only been about 12 minutes or so, but my next segment's pretty long, so we're going to play a promo. Let you guys get some, you know, get a drink, something to snack on, and we'll be back with our next segment, What's in Head's Long Box, as we continue to look at Armageddon 2001. Hold tight, kids. Head Speaks will be back after these important messages. Podcast Network, it's MASHCAST! Hosted by MASH Megafan Rob Kelly and a rotating cast of VIPs, MASHCAST analyzes, episode by episode, the greatest television series of all time, MASH! Find MASHCAST on fireandwaterpodcast.com Jocularity! Jocularity! excited for 2016. In fact, I think we should record a promo about all the changes to the Fire and Water Podcast Network happening this year. What do you think, Rob? That's a great idea. We can mention the new folks joining the network and all the shows. I can talk about how we'll continue with our Aquaman and Firestorm show, and I want to be sure to plug my movie show, The Film and Water Podcast. What about you, Ryan? Oh, I think we should definitely record a promo. I'll mention how the Secret Origins Podcast is joining the Fire and Water Network, and then I'll introduce my newly relaunched shows, Give Me Those Star Wars and Power of Fishnets, The Black Canary and Zatanna Podcast. Sound good to you, Chris? Absolutely. I'll mention the show I record with my lovely wife, Cindy, Supermates, the husband and wife geek cast. We should probably also mention the Power Records podcast Rob and I do, too. What about you, Siskoid? 
Well, sure. I can talk about my ensemble show, the Lonely Hearts Romance Comics Podcast, and my new upcoming shows about the DC Comics crossover event, Invasion, and yes, Ohatmu. Shag, you think we should mention Hero Points, the most occasional DC Heroes role-playing podcast? Sure, why not? And I can talk about Who's Who, the definitive podcast of the DC Universe, and mention my new upcoming show, Justice League International, Wahaha podcast. Now, here's what I'm thinking. When we record, I'm fine being the first person talking. I can explain all the changes to the Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. Why do you get to start the promo? I'm just as much of a part of this as you are. It was my idea to create the Fire and Water podcast back in 2011. I should start off this promo. I kind of think it should be one of the new voices who kick off the promo. It'll shock the listener into attention if it's not Rob or Shag. Cindy and I make up two people in the network. Plus, you know, ladies first. So we should be the first people talking on the promo. Ben voyons donc. You have what? got uh, what? Alex, no, French French cannot be the language of the Enough! Stop it. You're like boys with toys. Let's just make this simple. We can tell the folks at home the Fire and Water Podcast Network is growing in 2016. Several new shows are joining the network. We'll have a new dedicated website, a Twitter account, and Facebook page. And folks will be able to subscribe to each individual show or all of them. See, now was that so hard? Fire and Water Podcast Network. Available soon through iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and fireandwaterpodcast.com. Seriously, Shag, you had to get the last word, didn't you? And now back to Head Speaks. And welcome back to this segment of... a speeding bullet. In the great hall of the Justice League, Spider-Man and his amazing friends. The Justice League of America versus the Legion of Doom. This is Watson Head Longbox. Dedicated to truth, justice, and peace for all mankind. This month I'm going to continue my insanity that I'm doing for the Armageddon 2001 crossover. I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. I'm just afraid it's a train, but let's find out. Uh, joining me this episode, once again we have returning guest. We have... Clinton Robinson. Oh, sorry, I had my mic on mute again, didn't I? <laughs> hey, how's it going, Ed? <laughs> All right, did I lose you? Did you run away this time? <laughs> Welcome back to the show since the last time. How are you, Ben? Good. How are you doing? Oh, doing all right. Just trying to get through this monstrosity I started. <laughs> yeah. And, and let me see here real quick. And so I guess it's going to be the two of us tonight. No, just, we Also on the line, I have uh, some new guests from the Married with Comics podcast. We have John 
and his wife, Maggie Schaefer-Hames. Hello! Hi! How are you guys doing tonight? We're wonderful. Welcome aboard the show. I've had uh, Jonathan on over at my G.I. Joe podcast before. Uh, first time talking with Maggie, though, so it's a pleasure. That's right. I get to be special. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised you had me back after God punished you for with my first appearance, but here we are. <laughs> I did. It's, it's, <laughs> it's part of my atonement and punishment. Yeah, you know, I got to deal with you. Yeah. yeah. So, so we get to even out with your white one, so it's all right. It is true, even though it is with Armageddon 2001, but but it is also <laughs> Justice League Europe, so I'm I'm pretty stoked. So speaking of Justice League Europe and comics in general. Uh, why don't the two of you guys give us a little background on your comic book origins? I know you've talked about it on your own show, but why don't you briefly give my listeners a little origin of your comic book? Ah, uh, sure. Well, I can actually, Justice League Europe ties pretty strongly into it. Basically, I've been around comics since I came out of the womb, essentially. I mean, with a comic book fandom of some sort, both what, as a young child, the Superman movie came out, uh, Wonder Woman was on TV, I even remember the Spider-Man show, The Incredible Hulk. All that thing is comic books just kind of showed up here and there. Once I started getting an allowance and was able to buy my own, I uh, gravitated mostly towards Marvel comics. But the first comic I was actually collecting every month was Transformers. And that led to more Marvel comics. And I was a total Marvel zombie. I didn't think DC was worth my time until one day when I was just looking at Mike's Amazing World of Comics for J- JLE 1, the month it came out, just to, because I thought you might ask me about this. I must have bought every single Marvel comic that came out that month and half of the DC comics. And the first ones I bought were a Superman issue, Superman number 30, which is of the Exile one. The other one was a Batman comic, which we covered on our show. What number was that one? It's Dead Letter Office. Now you asked me. Yeah, you always had that one. I did, 39, I think. Or no, that was one. Oh, that one. No, no, oh, that's right. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. Dead Letter Office, but also it was Justice League Europe number one. And that was my first exposure to any of the Justice League international wahaha era. And I just absolutely fell in love with it. But it just, that added the DC comics onto my Marvel addiction. And here we are today. So I've just, I've been collecting them, and I've been continuing to read them and love them on and off since then, enough that I decided to marry someone else that loves them and start a podcast about it. Well, it's always a good thing. Yeah. My comic book origin is is much newer than John's is, I guess. When I was a kid, I spent a lot of time, my, my parents divorced when I was young, so on the weekends I'd go visit my dad and we would watch Batman the Animated Series together and a myriad of other things that I would later learn were actually pretty nerdy. And so it's only been fairly recently that I've kind of embraced that nerdiness part of me uh, and really started exploring comic books. So I I mean, like I picked up, uh, which one is it? Frank Miller's. Oh, Dark Knight Returns. Dark Knight Returns, yeah. Because you go to a bookstore and you want to pick up something that's Batman and there's like a million different Batman things and you have no idea where to start. But it wasn't really until I started spending more time with John that I developed the appreciation now that I have for comic books. JLE and JLI being... Prime amongst them is my favorites. They are my favorites to read. It's them and Transformers more than meets the eye. Mm-hmm. And Swamp Thing. I would I could read forever. Very nice. Yes. As far as Armageddon 2001, did you guys read this when it came out? Or was this a pickup later on? Well, yeah, for you, Maggie, I guess it's later on. But for John... For sure, yeah. I hadn't read this till last night. <laughs> <laughs> And I really, really liked it. <laughs> I've uh, never read it, but I have these notes that Jared Albright took about them. So <laughs> He's going to hunt you down. 
<laughs> oh, whatever he wants to do this feud it's we're too busy having we're too busy feuding with the Galwalks into a comic shop podcast yes. so my but no favorite feud uh but yeah i uh i was also looking at through mics and i saw that at, at the time this came out i pretty much was only for some reason buying just or buying the armageddon 2001 books and a, and the superman books were the only ones i was collecting but i was really captivated by this storyline and, and read every single one of them at the time except for one of them which i well, i'm sure wasn't isn't going to be too important to the overall story it was the hawk and dove one nothing to do with the story yeah that one you could skip yeah, I figured but have no <laughs> no lie i never read that one until last night i have <laughs> things to say probably on the on a different episode i'll hear on about it <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I did definitely read this. I hadn't been reading Justice League Europe for a while, but I knew enough to know the style, know what was going on, and it was one of my favorite things. It actually prompted me to go back and buy a whole bunch of back issues of this era of Justice League, both issues, and just really read as many of them as I could. It, it is definitely one of my favorite books um, out there. Very nice. That's always a good thing to hear. Well, let's go ahead and get started with the actual uh, comic then. Let me go ahead and give a quick synopsis about it, uh, or as quick as I can with this one. So this is Just the Europe, annual number two. The cover date was 1991, but to buy it on the newsstand, it came out August the 27th of 1991. The cover price was $2, and this book was edited by Andy Heffer, who I believe was doing the Just the title at the time. Uh, the title of this story was called Too Much Time. Plotter slash penciler was Keith Giffen. The scripter was Gerard Jones. The pencilers, there are several of them, much like the Justly Daniel. It's split in different sections, each one by a different penciler. The pencils we have is Steve Carr, Russell Braun, Marshall Rogers, Linda Medley, John Beattie, Kurt Swan, Ty Templeton. Uh, artist is listed as Randy Elliott. Inker is Michael Golden. Letter Michael Kessler. Color is Gene D'Angelo. And the cover was done by Kevin McGuire. And some notes, again, this all came from Mike's Amazing World of Comics. As John mentioned just a few minutes ago, it's a great site. Uh, notes on here, these are my notes. Uh, the next issue of that came out after this for the Just League Europe was issue 31, which is part of the breakdown storyline when the Just League was collapsing right before Dan Jurgens took over the Just League America book. And also, just a quick thing I wanted to point out that I forgot to point out when I did the Just League Annual with Shag. I'm going to blame Shag for forgetting this. Uh, the Just League America Annual came out right before breakdown started. So, just a little side notes there. Now for this actual annual. Our story starts much as the JLA annual started, with the Just League Europe team standing around waiting for word on uh, Max. Captain Adam tells Captain Colbert, the Bureau Chief, that he needs to stay behind for a while and think things through. Back when they arrive at the Just League Europe embassy, they find Superman and Wave Rider waiting them. Superman explains who Wave Rider is and his mission to find Monarch. The leaguers begin letting Wave Rider touch them. It sounds inappropriate, especially not this. <laughs> Anyways, uh, while this is going on, a mysterious group observes all through a little camera... On Power Girl's cat. I think it was Power Girl's cat, if I remember right. It was. Wave, Wave Rider begins by touching Catherine. In 10 years, Catherine is still working for the JLE, doing administrative work and buying their groceries. She's leaving to do just this, when as soon as she's out of the building, it implodes in a whoop, leaving present-day Wave Rider flummoxed. He then moves, it, moves on to Rocket Red, where we find Dimitri teleported to Camelot. There, he is the winner of the court, depressing Arthur and upsetting Merlin. Eventually, Merlin unleashes the demon on Dimitri which ends the story of Dimitri. An even more confused Wave Rider then touches Power Girl. Our heroine is thrust back into World War II where she meets General Glory and a sidekick Ernie. Kara thinks about checking up the JSA when she's approached again by General Glory, 
who's insisting on assisting her. Uh, after Ernie is killed by a collapsing wall, Kara becomes the new Ernie. He then touches Metamorpho, a wave rider that is, touches Metamorpho. Metamorpho, Metamorpho. Metamorpho, Metamorpho. This is the story of the element man. Metamorpho, Metamorpho. Starts out in old Egypt land. Metamorpho, Metamorpho. Rex Mason was... Uh, <laughs> so he touches Metamorpho and finds himself transported to... I'm going to call it another time, where he helps sets out of some trouble. We'll talk about this here in just a few minutes. Uh, the two then wander off looking for some liquor. Flash is up next, but Wave Rider waves him off as he's already seen his future, which, again, we'll talk about in a little bit. Next up, he touches the Silver Sorceress. She finds herself in caveman times, staring at a huge snake. Anther the cave boy comes to rescue her. While Anther fights the snake, the sorcerer sits down and talks to Anthro's, I mean, it's his wife. That's the Earth Anthro. Uh, meanwhile, in the present, while Wally is still complaining about Wave Rider examining him without permission, Wave Rider then touches the Crimson Fox. In the future, Crimson Fox finds herself transported to the Old West days. She lands on a poker ta- table, causing a disruption, saving Batlash from, get- for- from getting killed for cheating at cards. The two run away, eventually being confronted by the ruffians anyways. After the duo takes off the ruffians, Batlash and Crimson Fox get ready to ride off into the sunset. Next up is Blue Jay. This time, Jay is transported to the future, to the middle of the Legion of Superhero tryout. After impressing them with teleporting in, he unimpresses them by admitting that his only powers is shrinking and growing wings. Polar Boy then shows up to take him to join the Legion of Substitute Heroes. Next up, we find the elongated man, who finds himself transported to Victorian England. There he meets the likes of Kipling and Wells, and in the process annoys Sherlock Holmes. H.G. Wells takes Ralph to his home, where he shows our time-lost hero a time machine that he's actually working on. Back in the present, Captain Adam shows up, but before Wave Rider touches him, the cat roams around, makes contacts with him. Ten years in the future, we see some mysterious men in black, in quotes, breaking into the embassy. The two men find Mitch Wacky's time machine. Through exposition, we find out that this group has been watching the Just League Europe for ten years, learning their secrets. The cat remembers the men from when they first tagged it, so the cat attacks one of the men. The man takes aim and tries to shoot the cat, but hits the time machine, causing it to explode, or implode, sending the team into the through time. As Wave Rider looks at the cat, into the cat's eye, I think, the men and black people realize that they are found out and give up their surveillance. Realizing that nothing you see will come to pass now, which again we'll talk about, he turns to Captain Adam as the issue ends and is being concluded in Armageddon 2001, issue 2. So that's the, the issue. Uh, now for the cover, we got the Just League Europe banner, Armageddon 2001 along the top, the trade dress. It says, this the League of the Future Past. Along the top right-hand side, it says, guest starring Anthro, Batlash, the Demon, Cosmic Boy, Saturn Girl, Lightning Lad, Hex, General Goy, and Ralph Dibby as the world's greatest detective. And then on the cover, we show all these people standing in classic Justice League pose, staring up at the uh, camera. So, let's go ahead and start with Clinton. This is just one of you. Clinton, what are your thoughts on this cover? Well, I mean, you know, it's obviously a take on the classic want-to-make-something-of-it cover, but with, you know, pretty much everybody you would least suspect could be on a JLE cover. I I mean, I love it. It's it's like an instant buy, especially if you were following the series at the time. And, uh, 
We'll get the uh, John and Maggie's thoughts on this, and then we'll give a rating for it. So, John and or Maggie, what are your thoughts on this cover? Uh, much like what Clinton said, I like that it's a continuation on the same cover that started back in Justice League International. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll want to make something of it. Except I do think it's kind of interesting that uh, Jonah Hex takes the place of in the, the Guy Gardner position in the bottom corner. Also, I appreciate any Justice League Europe cover that's got Etrigan on the cover. I think it's <laughs> super cool. <laughs> I, I agree. This is probably my second favorite of all of the pastiches of the first one. My first favorite of those being a, the alternate cover of Transformers More Than Meets the Eye, number one. That's right. Because <laughs> that that one is great, which also is bomb. So I love this one. All right. I'm not sure I've seen that cover. I'll have to look that one up. So Clinton... On a scale of one to five, uh, one being absolutely horrible, three being pretty good cover, and five being fantastic. How would you rate this cover? Um, can we go halves? You can do halves. Unlike, unlike Pat and them over on their show, I don't mind halves. I'll have to go with the three and a half on this one because I mean it, it's not like you know it, it doesn't make me want to hang it on my wall, but it's a little above average. So yeah, not not quite a four. Maybe maybe a three point seven five if we really want to be picky. But that's not bad. And let's go ahead and split these two up. Maggie, on a scale again, one to five, what would you give this cover? I would. I'd give the cover probably about a four. I agree. It's it's not anything that I'd want to put on my wall. And there are several comic book covers that I would love to have on my wall. Overall, I like it. I like it just fine. I don't think it's anything spectacular. Three and a half and a four. John, I'll give it a four. Also, a high praise four, just because it's got Batlash and Jonah Hex and Etrigan all in the same mm-hmm. cover, as well as Anthro, the first boy, <laughs> <laughs> three Legionnaires and Elongated Man. Yeah, extra points for being bizarre. I think is <laughs> one of our criteria. <laughs> Yeah, real quick, just to make a quick correction. Uh, looks like I was looking at the original Just League cover, Just League number one, and actually the demon Etrigan has Guy Gardner spot right in front and center. Oh, you're, yeah. yeah Metamorphos spot, I think, is. Oh. Uh, on the original Just League number one cover, Jonah Hex has uh, Shazam's cover, or Captain Marvel spot. Oh. Batlash is where Dr. Fate was. Got the omnibus right over there, but it's like way over there. I bet there. it's way over All the way over there. Yeah, see, I, I use this little thing on the internet. I went to Mike's site and pulled up just a different <laughs> one. So I'm like, I thought guy, guy was in the middle. Oh, yeah. But, but, That's uh, right. Enough correcting my guess, I guess, right now. Uh, <laughs> whatever you want, man. I'm going to agree with Clinton and give this a 3.5. Because, again, yeah, it's a nice cover. Again, like you guys have all said, it's very reminiscent. It's a nice throwback to the Just League number one. And the multiple times they've done it. So, yeah, I like the continuation of that little gag. And I do like, yeah, we have the only one that's been on these covers before is probably Ralph. He may have been on the Just League uh, 20, issue 24, possibly. Other than that, yeah, the rest of these guys you're not going to see. Maybe Joe Glory may have shown up somewhere. He was part of the team for a while. But, yeah, no, it's a great cover. A little more than average, but, yeah, not quite magnificent. So, yeah, I'd give it a 3.5. So uh, let's go ahead and get some thoughts on the actual issue itself. Uh, let's go ahead and start with the tag team. Party people! Yeah! Tag team music to end the effect. That's me, DC, the brand new 
Reign Supreme and my man Steve Rowland. We're kicking the flow. We're kicking the flow. And it goes a little something like this. Tag team back again. Check it, direct it, let's begin. Party on, party people, let me hear some noise. DC's in the house, jump, jump, rejoices. There's a party over here, a party over there. Wave your hands in the air, shake the dairy, yeah. These three words mean you're getting busy. Whoa, there it is. Hey, man. Uh, John and Maggie, <laughs> what are your your thoughts on the issue itself? All right, we're going to uh, split up our thoughts on this. So we're going to start with first my lovely wife. Uh, <laughs> we're completely ready. Yeah, and we're completely prepared for this entirely. Just the the issue overall. You mean? Yeah, just your thoughts on the story, the arts. Yeah, I get a kick out of any. I, a JLE or JLI story. I really do. I love the, everything from the first page all the way through. I think it's really cool, especially on the first page, that the reader doesn't really get to the story until you've kind of gone through all these little self-involved conversations that the other people are talking about. I I did think it was kind of a disappointment, not knowing much about Silver Sorceress specifically, that in her story, she doesn't actually get to do much of anything. Because then Anthro comes up and kind of messes things up but that's probably like my least favorite part of the comic and i still or the issue and i I still definitely enjoyed it um i thought it was really cool that Catherine offers to go first in in the wave rider test thing uh because she's supposed to be in charge and then she always she has to go get groceries because of course superheroes don't go get their own groceries it's it's a very enjoyable story i also i love dimitri rocket red he is one of my favorite characters for sure his story was hilarious seeing etrigan was just a treat it was really cool um, um and then oh and then the power girl story yeah. <laughs> which is she is one of my favorite characters but not in this era in this where her defining feature is just being really angry all the time i mean that is yeah and it it wasn't entirely their fault although i did get the impression that giffen and Demetrius probably didn't seem to like her all that much but uh dc editorial had laid down the line that uh, superman was the last kryptonian so they didn't but still Power Girl was around and so she couldn't be Supergirl from Earth 2 anymore. So they cha- they kept coming with a million different stupid versions of what it is and then kept retconning her character or memory was and then uh, they couldn't find it. They basically didn't find anything good to do with her until uh, Jeff Johns got a hold of her in JLA, or JSA, which I also like that it's an accidental little mention where she her first thought when she gets away from General Glory is to, hey, I could look for the JSA. Yeah. I'm like, maybe you should. You, you, you're much better characterized there. <laughs> yeah, I, I wonder why she didn't just ignore General Glory and go for the JSA anyway instead of... That's one question I have. Instead of becoming his new Ernie. <laughs> <laughs> it's because this was a Mel Brooks sketch that needed to be... <laughs> I mean, just, just complete with hilarious death at the end of it. <laughs> Absolutely. But, I mean, it's just... Gee whiz, you're sure hot Ernie. <laughs> oh, sorry, that wasn't very gallant of me. Sorry, ma'am. But man, she's your Ernie. And I'm like, it's this whole vaudevillian sketch done with this gritty realism. It's like you're standing in the middle of London during the Blitz. Yeah. <laughs> of course, why have you brought a child with you? <laughs> and, well, that's what you did. Exactly. It's, oh, but you just can't quite... Um, measure up to the Marvel side of it in this case, but you know, Glory is one of my favorite parody characters. 
And Power Girl absolutely hates him. She, he goes, I'm sorry, ma'am, I can't tell you my name. General Glory. But how did you? <laughs> <laughs> and I doubly like that they're for, the first response after Ernie is, well, I guess you need to do a sidekick. Say, you're right. And then <laughs> she's like, well, what else am I going to do with this stupid time? Yeah, it's classic gif and comedy. Oh, yes. And uh, I, had, I, I didn't have any idea what the hell the diet root beer thing was. And then I looked it up, and now I wish I still didn't know what the diet root beer thing was about. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I forgot about that. So I read the story. Oh yeah, that, yeah, that time period. Yeah. But then after that, we have: Are we contractually obligated to metamorpho? Metamorpho. 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 This is the story of the Element Man. Metamorpho, metamorpho. <laughs> Had that record as a kid. I don't think I've ever heard that until the Fire and Water podcast now. Yeah. Yeah, whenever I hear the name Metamorpho, that song loops to my head. Yeah, yeah, immediately. And the Plastic Man one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all I know about uh, Jonah Hex in, in this era is that he got somehow got transported to the future at some point, and there was a comic about it that I don't know if I want to read or not. Yeah, there was the Jonah Hex comic, and then, yeah, something happened. He got transported to the future. See, and I've, I've got notes on that. Okay. Because I thought the same thing that, you know, because he talked about how it's a, what is it supposed to block to the future, or, you know. But after that, Wave Rider makes a comment how they all went to the past. Uh, so I thought that was supposed to be Hex yeah. his future story, but there is a comment after. This is definitely in the future. That is definitely the postdoc uh, of most apocalyptic Hex. That's, that's what I thought. That's what it looked like. But yeah, they're on page 37, kind of threw me off. Wave Rider says, I didn't understand. Why are they all in the past? So that kind of threw me off because when I first saw it, I mean, the, the art style was very much yeah. the uh, Giffen Demetrius uh, Legion of Superheroes five years later. I, I can't. Well, yeah, because it was drawn by Giffen. Yeah, so he, he did the same art style he did in the, the five years later. So I first thought it was going to be the Legion of Superheroes when I first read this. And then when Hex showed up, I'm like, oh, okay, well, okay, so it must be the future, like what you're referring to when Hex went to the future. But yeah, the, the comment that uh, Wave Rider makes later on. Makes me question. Well, maybe I can rep. I can no prize it uh, by saying that Wave Rider automatically thought of Jonah Hex as being from the past, which is where he spent most of his time. So he automatically, when he saw Jonah Hex, his brain went looked under the file of old Westy comics. But I've read a ton of the old West comics. They are um, in very very different style of that. So that that was definitely Jonah Hex in the in the post apoc future because. The other ones are very um, dark Western trope, and he's not fighting those sorts of people. He's just fighting bad guy cobblers. Yeah, in fact, yeah, there is a futuristic-looking weapon there when Metamorph was fighting in them. So, it's, it's yeah, I, I was very confused by that myself. So, what are thoughts you have on this? Uh, after that, we go to oh, uh, the Silver Sorceress, but, yeah, there wasn't much. Um, I... I would also um, stand in line to buy a comic book about Crimson Fox and Batlap running around the Old West getting into trouble every issue. That could be a good story. Yeah, I was. I liked Crimson Fox. It was interesting because she was twins. Now, those of you that were reading this at the time, I don't remember, was the other twin, was Constance dead by this point? Because this, this one's definitely Vivian, because you can tell because Vivian speaks in the outrageous French accent, whereas Constance does not. I... Don't remember offhand when I'm searching real quick. I can't remember when uh, 
And actually, wasn't it later retcon they were triplets, or am I... I, that was not when I had any contact with the character. Her costume was ridiculous in any... Yeah, I was trying to look real, because for some reason I was thinking that later on it was retcon there was a third one, but maybe not. And it looks like... Where am I at here? Vivian died in Just League International 104 in October of 1995. And then Constance... Yeah, yeah so she was still alive at this point. Okay. Good. And then Constance died by the new mist over in Starman number 38 in 1998. Okay. Good. Then my joke I make later makes sense. (laughs) 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 Um, And then Blue Jay with the Legion of Superheroes. It was like being able, it just seems right that Kurt Swan drew it, draws the Legion, even though. Yes. don't like the inking in this at all. I don't know enough about um, art to say why, you know, I, I riff on Jared Albright, but he's taught me so much about appreciating art just by listening to his appearances. So I kind of, this is the only time I'll ever say that. I wish he was here right now to explain to me why I don't like the inking on this, but I totally <laughs> don't like the inking on this. But the story itself is just freaking hilarious. It is, it's, it's first funny to see Keith Giffen writing writing this this era JLA or our, this era Legion after doing the five years later thing I think a motorcycle went by so if that shows up on your that's fine I always get that yeah. <laughs> but it's uh, so we've got Blue Jay and Silver Sorceress and they were the Marvel they were the Marvel pastiches because they actually came out of a, it was a kind of a little prank a joke or bet between it was uh, between Roy Thomas and uh, Mike Friedrich back in the 70s they they had decided to bet each other or they said they were going to put each other's teams into each other's book Roy Thomas was writing the, uh, the Avengers at the time and Friedrich was writing the Justice League so in that issue the it's I can't remember the name of the team but it had those two plus um, Juan. G- I, I insist on pronouncing it Juan Gina, or Juan Gina, who was the Thor ripoff, and Blue Jay is the Wasp ripoff, and Silver Sorceress is a Scarlet Witch ripoff. And the same month, uh, Squadron Supreme debuted in the Avengers, which were all Justice League ripoffs. They were supposed to be more Marvel ones, Marvel esque ones in the Justice League. When I don't know if editorial clamped down or if he lost his nerve, but we only got those three. <laughs> And I believe their team was called the Heroes of Anger. Now, yeah, they had several different names over the time. Heroes of Anger, I think, was the original. That was right. But yeah, I love that he gets uh, <laughs> he gets uh, just the entire uh, just dialogue of the thing. He goes, "Well, come on, we've already got it's like shrinking pilot with wings. One of them's bad enough." <laughs> What's the name? Thank you for your interest in the Legion, and we wish you luck in placing your services elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and then, who's the guy uh, who's the guy that um, tapped him for the substitute heroes I'm not as familiar with this era Legion. that was my note said Polar Boy I'm scrolling up to that page real quick to make sure I'm right, right. yeah that was Polar, Polar Boy okay Polar Boy Polar Boy <laughs> of course it is his power is to be really cold yeah. the Legion of, I like them they're like the mystery men <laughs> very much so <laughs> The, the next bit was um, Ralph Dibney with Elongated Man 
I also found quite enjoyable. I kind of do my personal preferences more leaning towards Plastic Man, but Elongated Man in JLE is also fantastic. This part was great. I like that Elongated Man is uh, constantly dropping these H.G. Wells references as he's talking to him. It's really funny. <laughs> but, but, early. <laughs> but it also indicates that uh, Ralph is pretty well-read. He's, he's got yeah. a literary mind. <laughs> you kind of quibble with him being called the world's greatest detective <laughs> as a Batman fan. I take umbrage to that. That's what he's in Sherlock Holmes' era. That's he's just true. like one up Sherlock. Yeah. <laughs> that Sherlock <laughs> and Morgan's universe is great. It's this, this, I really, I really like Rolf's story in this too. <laughs> oh, and that, that naughty smile at the end. You're going to need an assistant. <laughs> That's great. He's, oh man, like he could just get into so much trouble and he constantly does. That's like, hmm, Captain Adam's here. I'm sure this will be important to the plot later. No. <laughs> And the whole part with the cat. Now, I have a giant rant to go on about uh, Wave Rider in in this one and the entirety of Time Travel Paradox and what he has among the rules that they've established. But I may save it until after we've all talked, (laughs) just because I've been taking up enough time and I want to hear what Clinton has to say. Me too. I didn't read it. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh. Welcome to the show, Pat. <laughs> or Jared. I'm sorry, no, Jared doesn't read. Pat reads the previous issue. <laughs> 12 candy cane. Oh. I mean, so what are your thoughts on uh, that? I mean, what, what can I say about this issue that hasn't already been said? Um, no, I mean, really, what? Uh, Did John take your notes also? For the most part, um, <laughs> just a few things. Um, I, I find it interesting to uh, note, note where Flash stands at DC at this time, because Superman and Batman can rate multiple touchings, but the Flash, whose story had absolutely nothing to do with Armageddon 2001, doesn't even get a second glance. Yeah. Uh, Dimitri's story, I actually found a little sad because he misses his family and he ends up dead. <laughs> and not just from old age either. <laughs> yeah. The general glory bit with Power Girl, that is absolutely my favorite. <laughs> Ernie the Little Horn Dog is hilarious. Uh, Power Girl in the bowl cut is hilarious, which is still one of my favorite jokes from the JLA issue, too. Everybody in the bowl cuts. <laughs> Blue Jay with the Legion, I, I would read that. I would read Blue Jay in the subs. Yeah. Uh, it, it speaks to uh, what era of the Legion he's transported to as well, because well, isn't it like a force field belt that they give him? Yes, I believe that. Yeah. Was it a force? It's a right? Yes. Or whatever. But I mean, you get that as a consolation prize just for a, <laughs> auditioning. I'll go audition for the Legion to get one of those. <laughs> Look at me. I'm normal kid. I have <laughs> my power is that I have none of the powers. <laughs> I love that, the, but the implication is is that literally anyone should be able to fly without too much trouble just by like walking to the corner store and buying a ring. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the funny thing about that is that they give him a flight belt, and that's his powers. He can grow his wing and fly. Mm-hmm. But he's like, what am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> that was like, like insult to injury. I mean, you, you don't get on the team, but we'll give you a gift. Oh, it's a useless gift. You, you don't really help you anyways. <laughs> Just lampshaded that even Kevin and Demetrius realized how lame the character was. <laughs> <laughs> 
and, and I actually really like uh, Silver Sorceress's joke at the end, you know, at the end of her bit, because uh, Anthro's girlfriend or whoever comes up and just has that caveman gibberish, and she's like, you said it, sister. <laughs> that's pretty great. You said it, sister. We get the fighting sounds in the background. That's mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't think I really have anything extra to add on top of all that. All right, we'll go through my thoughts and... Mine here at the end may dovetail into uh, John's, but we'll see. Uh, let's go through here. So, again, I do like that this is tied into the, the Maxwell Lord shooting, and we get the team. Again, they're still waiting for Max to see how he's doing, and they're continuing on with the whole Power Girl bit. Like uh, I think as John said, this is the period where she was always angry. <laughs> I do like on page three, I think it is, where after Captain Adam says, I need to take off for a while, and Power Girl's like, I suppose this means that idiot Blue Jay is in charge again. <laughs> it's like, seriously, let's start digging here and we'll keep digging into him. Blue Jay sucks is what we're saying. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm getting out of this whole thing. Uh, and yeah, we'll go through each of the stories. Yeah, Catherine Colbert, yeah, not, not much to say about her story. Yeah, she's playing, you know, a uh, personal shopper for the Just League because, you know, like you said, the heroes aren't going to go out and buy their dinner, so why not? And, I do like here on page 10, after you know the whole building just vanishes in a puff of smoke, she's like, and I suppose I'll have to fix this too. Just like, oh, damn. <laughs> and it's just, I, look, and I, I like in between each of the stories, Waverider's like perplexed and puzzled, and they're, the, throughout each story, the entire crew's getting kind of annoyed with Waverider by not telling him anything, but they can tell there's something wrong, just the look on his face each time. Again, like you guys said, Dimitri, he had a, uh, I like his story. And yeah, as Maggie said, it is a little sad that he misses his family and then he, he gets killed by the demon. Hokey smoke! As he goes up in his flames. Uh, and he goes, did I pass? I, I, so strange. <laughs> uh, the Power Girl story, yeah, like I say, you guys said everything you can about that one, General Glory. Uh, like you guys, I like Ernie and his whole... She's hot, basically. In fact, I, that was probably shagging. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned Shag because when it comes to JLI stuff, I mean, I can't, rec- I cannot recommend the JLI Wahaha podcast. Oh, that's a great, that's a great show. I'm enjoying those checks bounce, you know, John. I can't, it enough. I can't recommend it enough. Is what I meant to say. That, that's what I meant to say. Yes. So I, I guess if Ernie is Shag, I guess General Glory would be Rob. But. I can see that, you know, Shag's in there. Jiminy, she's prettier than Get Grable. And Rob's like, Shag? <laughs> uh, anyway, moving on from there. Again, like I, I talked about, I don't know why, other than the story potential and the humor aspect, why she just didn't ignore General Glory and go off and find the Just Society, but then we wouldn't have ended her in the Ernie haircut, dressed up as the Ernie character. And I do have to say, I take an act, a page from Shag's notebook. Uh, she is hot. She pulls off that Ernie outfit much better than Ernie did. But again, maybe that's just me. Uh, uh, moving on here real quick. Like I said, I already talked a little about the metamorphal story that I don't quite know. Because, yeah, much like John, I, it very much looks like the fill of the Hex storyline. It looks like there's a blaster or something there they wouldn't have in Old West times. But the line from uh, Wave Rider, he, he should know which way he's going, I would think. But I don't know if it's just a gaff on the writers or if maybe this story got I don't know what happened there, but 
it was a good story, and I do like that that artwork in certain places. I, I did like it here. So, and I do like there on page twenty-seven after he gets done looking at Metamorph, Metamorph just walks away, crazy fruitcake. <laughs> and yeah, Silver uh, Sorceress, she didn't have much to do. She's about ready to shrink the snake down, and all of a sudden, uh, Anthro jumps in and does the very masculine, very man thing to. You can't see what he's saying, but I'm sure he's saying, move back, you little girl. Let me fight this. Uh, and she's like, what? She just walks away like... And again, that's very much a, a Giffen, Demetrius type thing. She just walks away and just sits down. Wait, we hear the noise in the background, and his his wife or girlfriend, whoever this is, comes sits down next to him. And like uh, I think it was Clinton said, you said it, sister. Just While she didn't have much or anything to do heroic-wise... I do find the story very funny and very much in the vein of the Justice League at the time. And then, like you guys, uh, it was John who mentioned about the the Flash. I don't know why. Again, not only that he doesn't rate a second look, unlike Batman Superman, he gets a couple different looks. But seeing how he's completely different here than he was in the Justice League, because at the beginning of the story, when Catherine's he's looking at Catherine's future, the Flash is there, but he's not the Flash. 10 years in the future of the Flash storyline. So I don't know if they knew what was going on over that story, if they read that, or... Uh, it kind of bugs me a little bit that he's like, I already seen your future. But it's a completely different future. Why don't you look again? Other than, you know, time-wise, and they only got so many pages to do this. And I imagine that's probably why. Though, personally, I would have probably preferred if they just... Maybe the Flash hadn't been there or something. I think that would have probably worked a little better instead of ignoring him. Uh, moving on to the story, yeah, the uh, Crimson Fox and Batlash. That, that was a good story. Not much you guys haven't said about that one. Uh, moving on from there, Blue Jay. I do, yeah, the few Legion of Superheroes, like, they're reading off people that are next. Okay, next people, Installation Lad, Fossa Girl, and Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> he could way better than Insulation yeah, Lad. Insulation Lad, Fossa Girl. I guess you can only have so many good names. You don't want to use a good name for, you know, just a throwaway line. So, again, when you get to the future with some of the names they have there, is that so bad? I like when uh, Lightning Lad is talking to uh, Blue Jay and he's like, Welcome to Legion of Super. Telekid, teleport, transport team, popping Pete. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, whoa, whoa, I can't teleport. Well, he was just throwing a different name. Uh, anyways, we talked about him already in the Legion of Substitute Heroes. I've read a few of their stories, but I do enjoy the Legion of Substitute Heroes. And yes, I would have liked to see a special or a miniseries showing Blue Jay hanging out with the Legion of Substitute Heroes. And I do like that Ralph pops in. He's all funny face. Yeah, do, I need, do I get a blindfold? <laughs> As he lets in. And I would have like to see more on... I would like to see a series with Ralph back in Victorian England time. I think that would have been a good series. Him getting misadventures and running to Sherlock Holmes. Just with Sherlock as the anti- as the antagonist in there, just like a <laughs> like, poked up Sherlock Holmes who's ran manically like turns evil and tries to thwart him. I would, I'd read that right after the Batlash uh, Crimson Fox. That would have been a great story. I, I thought it was a little dark when he says, what is it? Get, get me the needle? No, two needles. <laughs> I was like, geez. <laughs> I got real dark real quick. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, and then there's the cat, and we find out what started this whole thing at the very end of the story. At the end of the story, we find out that these guys shot the cat and hit the time machine, caused the whole thing to go bluey. And then on page 52, when he's looking at the cat and the, the 
Candlestein organization that's watching the Just League. They shut down. Heck, we got everything down. At this point here, I've got some story issues or or writing issues with it because after it's all done, and that the so after you know he looks at the cat and the the bad guys shut down their equipment. Basically, the entire rest of this issue before this didn't take place or couldn't have taken place. You you have foreseen my rant. <laughs> he starts talking. He's like, "Well, it's a simple matter for you, to, you know, to find your friends and travel to them and get them." And there, I've closed off that unproductive loop of history. Yes. And so in, instead of, and again, maybe touch on your rant there, John, but instead of, well, let's retouch everybody again, continue, let's start, let's go with Captain Adam. And it may just be that Captain Adam, let's do him first now, I don't know, but, and then the way that my last thought on this real quick is the way that Angie, we get, you know, we touch Captain Adam, we get a close up of Captain Adam's face, contact. And this leads into Armageddon 2001, number two. And, yeah, this has nothing at all to do with the end of the story. Uh, this wasn't telegraphing nope. anything here at all. So Ma- Maggie walked away. She has a thing to say about that. <laughs> I gotta say. But, yes, um, just exactly what you were saying. I mean, I read it and I'm like, but that's been the way that the this series has worked the entire time, really. It just kind of sums up the absurdity of it. I mean, my, my very good friend Jake Weiss. Ooh, hello, Jake. Jake uh, stood up at, at our wedding. He's a great guy and my favorite person to play Dungeons and Dragons with. That isn't my wife. So see you next week, Jake. Uh, but Jake has the most um, concise opinion about Wave Rider of anyone that I've ever heard, and that is as the it, it is as follows: Wave Rider sucks. Now, I, I quibble with him on this, and I would often point out the virtues of Wave Rider as far as both this and other stories. But after reading this, I'm beginning to lean much more to Jake's point of view because let's review. He had to touch Superman three times because after the, and then because he touched him the first time and Batman's in his future. Then when he touches Batman, he realizes, but well, wait a minute, Superman wasn't in that future. What's up with that? I'll go back and touch Superman. It's almost like he has three books or something. <laughs> touches oh, I see. He learned from me touching him and changed his future accordingly. Well, that's strange. Well, I'd better touch him again. So it seems like literally every time you touch someone, you change the future, which is the whole supposedly surprise point of the next issue. It's like, oh, my God, I may have caused the problem myself. Well, yes, we we all know that. You literally caused the issue that we just saw to not happen. And both from another continuity standpoint, Wave Runner is supposed to see their futures, not the not their past and further futures that they happen to be spun into it a various time. Wouldn't they just not appear or he'd start watching them a minute later when they all came back via um, the H.G. Wells time well, machine? That I, I give them that because, again, even though they're going in the past, it is their future selves, and that's what he's following. Fine. You know, the, the, I'll allow it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think in the first part of the Armageddon thing, the Wave Rider says he can follow people's personal timelines. Not time itself. So. Oh, indeed. Or you could always retcon it that there was an explodey time machine involved, so that could have <laughs> the entire thing, and then whatever time you wind your way, you want to say. But as far as, like, the altering timelines, reading the Hawk and Dove annual, the timeline shift, like, mid-page. There's one page where every panel, Dove has a different costume on, so he's, yeah. like, looking at time changing right in front of him. 
Yeah, but I'm sure they at least stuck with the same basic premise of that issue. I mean, they couldn't change major, they could change costumes for sure, but they wouldn't change the fact that, say, Hawk was killed by Monarch. You know, that that couldn't be affected like that. That'd, that'd be silly. <laughs> they, wouldn't, they wouldn't do anything like that. <laughs> no, that, that, that's, that's not consistent with anything of, of the thing. But yeah, Maggie had a thought about it, the ending being telegraphed. The last page, we ended up with Captain Adam, a close with Captain Adam's face. He says, contact, it says, be continued in RBA 2001, issue number two. Oh, that's right. Yeah, no, I, I think... Uh... The, the very blatant foreshadowing leads me to believe, at least, that Monarch will ultimately be revealed to be Blue Jay. <laughs> to be him. Do you know, uh, I had a Dark Horse candidate after reading this one at the time, and I'm, I'm still convinced that it is this person. And that person is Constance, the uh, twin sister of uh, Vivian, because she wasn't there. So Waverly would have to see her future. Had he been, oh. he obviously would have seen that she of course, becomes mock. That sounds like a pretty solid theory, G-E-D. <laughs> right. Prove me wrong. I argue with you. I think we're all just missing the deleted scene. You know, I'm sure there was like an opening scene, like in every Columbo, where they show you who did it. We just all missed that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I'll get more thoughts uh, next episode on the whole Wave Rider thing. I'll, I'll hold off until I get to that episode to really unload on Wave Rider, but. I will say originally I did like Waver. I thought he was a cool character. But yeah, rereading this here 30 years later, I, I've got a lot of problems with the character and story. I love the, the storyline. That's why I'm doing, I'm devoting, you know, a year and a half of my show to do this. But yeah, we'll, I'll get into some problems with it. <laughs> so uh, let's go and stay with the, the Shaver Hames. Uh, do you guys have any other thoughts on this issue? I think we literally shared all of them that we possibly can have. Well. Or that I can. Yeah. I'm incapable of more thought. Maggie. <laughs> is incapable of more thought. I just, overall, I just, I like a comic that elicits a genuine emotional response, whether it's laughter or if I'm reading something kind of creepy and, and scary or something that's very touching. And uh, Justice League Europe and Justice League International, respectively, both make me laugh out loud when I read them. When I read this last night, I had a great time reading it. I really enjoyed it. I always liked the characters. I always liked the sense of humor. And I overall really enjoyed it. I would probably read more of them, I think. I would. Yes. I say questioning myself. <laughs> I don't know if you, if you don't. <laughs> and... Uh... Clinton, do you have any other thoughts on this this issue? Uh, this is probably one of my top three favorites out of this crossover. So, I mean, it, it's hard to pass this one up. It nails the humor. It's it's a nice change from some of the grim, dark futures that we see. And considering what we're leading right into, uh, yeah, it, it's a nice comedic break from everything. Helps break the tension, but still add a little suspense. I guess. <laughs> well, it's kind of like we talked about over on the uh, G.I. Joe. I remember Roll American Headcast here a couple of episodes ago, right before they had you know a bunch of big major storylines, people dying, and then they had an issue where Grant went home. It was just like a, a mellow little story, and then they had the silent issue that Pat kept rereading, and then from there it launched into a long, you know, another long storyline. Uh, I think this issue is kind of like that Grunt issue. It's kind of like a palate cleanser. Got a lot of death, a lot of, you know, dark futures. So let's get some, except for Dimitri, mm -hmm. uh, let's get some lightheartedness into 
the story before we do the end issue. And poor, poor Ernie. Uh, it's just Ernie. No one cares about him. <laughs> <laughs> I seriously probably never laughed harder in a JLA or in a Justice League International related than that scene, except maybe um, in the original Wahaha yeah. issue yeah. when uh, Mr. Miracle crashes through oh, the. That's right. <laughs> just, I am so embarrassed. I am so embarrassed. <laughs> 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 oh. That was great. <laughs> well. Unless you guys have any other thoughts, I guess we'll go and wrap this up here. Let's go ahead and start with John and Maggie. If people want to hear more about you and hear more from you guys, where can they find out more about you guys? Well, you should probably take that. I don't think I remember them all anymore. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, Our podcast is called Married with Comics. You can type Married with Comics into any given podcatcher and you'll find us. Uh, We're on Facebook under The Married with Comics Podcast. Give us a search there and add us and leave comments and whatnot. But on Twitter, we're on MW. WC underscore podcast. And also, I've got a new project starting over on the Longbox Crusade uh, network with the aforementioned Pat and also Delvin. We're going to start covering uh, Transformers. It's the Transformers Chronicles, the Marvel Years. It's at the time of this recording, it's set to drop in just a little bit here. By the time you hear this in the future, many episodes will be out. So just uh, point your podcatchers at that. Very good. And Clinton, I've already had you before tell us, but go ahead and tell us once again where they can find you on the intertubes. Okay, I do a little show called the Coffee and Comics Podcast. I've told it's pretty good, but don't take my word for it, please. <laughs> you can find that on uh, Apple iTunes and Stitcher. On Twitter, I'm uh, Coffee Comics Blog. You can find me usually just retweeting a bunch of people's shows and opinions and occasionally coming up with something halfway pithy myself. Uh, I've got a few projects hopefully starting in uh, 2019, but nothing is 100% yet, so I don't want to like you know put names and things out there just yet. Very good. And, well, again, thank you all three of you for joining me once again on my show. I appreciate talking to people about comics. I appreciate you guys for... Uh, bearing with me and, and joining me with my insanity. So, and I and I will have you on again, John and uh, Clint. I'll try to get you back on for something else at some point. But and Mag, well, Maggie's will come anytime. I assume it's John and Maggie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel so included now. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't quite sure if you were doing this for the next episode or not, so I didn't want to throw you out there. <laughs> Thanks for having us. We had a great time, and it was yeah. great, great to meet you, Clinton, and chat with you about stuff. Thanks for letting us babble on your podcast. And we may barge onto your show sometime, Clinton, whether you want us to or not. So, yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's how these things work. Oh, my goodness. We'll take a commercial <laughs> break, and uh, I'll be back in a few minutes. Head Speaks will be back after these important messages. Afternoon, everybody. Ryan! How's that baby treating you, Mr. Daly? Like Thanos, snapping his fingers at my bank account. In that case, how about a beer on the house? Sure. Gotta give my mouth something to do between podcasts. Say, Ryan, I don't get how you have so much time for podcasting. Doesn't your wife want you spending time with the baby? Would you? (laughs) Truth is, I think she's a little worried about how much time I'm spending with the kid, ever since his first words were Dagobah system. (laughs) 
now she wants me to go out and do something mature, something productive, and most of all, something lucrative that can support the family. So you're going to... Podcast about Cheers, yeah. That kid's not going to start college for 18 years. I got time. Cheers Cast, the podcast where everybody knows your name. Coming soon to the Fire and Water Network. Can I get a tall chai? And a large black coffee. And I suppose you're here with no agenda, as per usual? On the contrary, I'm here for comics. I think I can help all of you. Hello, I'm the caffeinated Clinton Robinson, and I host a podcast called Coffee and Comics. On this podcast, I summarize, review, and discuss comic book issues, stories, and related media, usually in the span of time it takes to have a cup of coffee. Sometimes I'm joined by a guest, and sometimes I'm flying solo. So pour the coffee, take a sip, and turn up the volume as you listen to the Coffee and Comics Podcast. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, and directly on coffeeandcomicspodcast.blogspot.com. And remember, this is where the comics are never too old and the coffee is never too cold. Sure is great to be back to, from crisis to crisis after all this time. It's been a busy year for both of us. For very different reasons. But now we're ready to cover the post-Death and Return Superman stories. Yeah, and we're about to start the books that came out in 1994, which means that we have so much to look forward to, like Bizarro's World. The Battle for and Fall of Metropolis. Superman Doomsday, Hunter, Prey. Worlds Collide. Well, you're looking forward to that one. Oh, bite me. Zero hour. Zero month. And right there at the end, we have Dead Again. And don't forget, the Elseworlds annuals as well. Well, most of them, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of those really did suck, don't they? But From Crisis to Crisis is back. New episodes will drop on Thursday, just like before. You can find the show at the Superman homepage, www.supermanhomepage.com, as well as at the Superman Podcast Network, which is at www.supermanpodcastnetwork.com. And we also have a Facebook page that you can like by going to www.facebook.com slash from crisis to crisis a superman podcast.com. Is it .com on there? No. No, no, it's not. No, no .com. Forget that. <laughs> so from crisis to crisis is back, folks, and better than ever. Well, I'm better than ever. You need some work. No, shut up. No, you 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 shut up. From Crisis to Crisis, a Superman podcast covering the post-crisis adventures of Superman one half month at a time. Every Thursday at www.supermanhomepage.com and www.fortressofbailitude.com. Back to Head Speaks. And welcome back. Uh, definitely check out those shows. 
uh, Cheers cast. That's a great show. I love the TV show Cheers. Ryan Daly does a great job with that show. Coffee and Comics. Clinton was a guest on this very episode, so check out his show. And From Crisis to Crisis, one of the shows I blame for my addiction here. All three great shows. Check them out. But enough about other people's shows. Let's talk about mine. Uh, let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and move on to the next segment. Here we go. segment at the movies of head well uh, the last couple episodes i've covered the dc movies and my order of ranking now we're going to look at the marvel movies uh, by my records unless i've missed something there's been 22 movies not counting into the spider-verse so i've ranked these uh, again as i said off the dc movies my opinion could change at any moment uh, as i record this pull back the curtain a little bit. I'm recording this on August the 11th. It's a Sunday morning at 1.30. I'm recording this. So at this point in time, these are my rankings for the Marvel movies. I will give a, a, a my brief thoughts. Again, I'm not going to do any in-depth on it, but I'll do my brief rankings on, or my uh, brief thoughts and my ranking on them. I'm going to start at the bottom and more, work my way to number one. Uh, so let's go ahead and let's get going. So starting at, again, there's been 22 movies. So starting at number 22, Iron Man number three from 2013. Iron Man three. Um, I don't know what it is. It's just, this is one of the lowest ranking movies in my opinion. Again, these last four was kind of a toss up. And if you ask me tomorrow, then I may have a different opinion on them. But Iron Man 3, I didn't care for the kid in it. And I don't know, just something. I, I would have preferred the real Mandarin instead of what we got. I kind of like what they did. But overall, uh, again, I, and I could be talking to raising this up over the next one. But it wasn't a horrible movie. But in my opinion, one of the, the worst that Marvel's done. This is the one where Tony, his armor's damaged. He has to build new armor to take on the, the Mandarin, in quotes. He's actually taken on, uh, I forget the other guy's name, but it's got the extremist virus in it, which was from the comics. Uh, just, uh, I, there's memorable scenes in it, but overall, I don't know. Again, and like I said, this, this could be replaced with the next one on the list, which I'm going to move quickly to. Number 21 is Thor Dark World, again from 2013. Uh, these are the first two of the second wave of Marvel movies after the Avengers. Avengers came out. That was into the first wave. We'll talk about the Avengers later. These are the first two movies they came out with. And again, without giving the ranking, Avengers was a high note for me. And they come off the Avengers with both Iron Man 3 and Thor Dark World. I was extremely disappointed in that. So... Uh, I don't know. Uh, Thor the Dark World, I don't remember much about it. I remember there was Dark Elves involved. Uh, something with Loki. I'm not, again, I may have to watch it again. 
just because it's so forgettable. Uh, moving up the rank, number 20 is Thor Ragnarok from 2017, a.k.a. Thor 3. And again, I will admit, part of my problem with the Thor movies is Thor isn't one of my favorite uh, Marvel characters. He's in the lower scale. I'm just not a huge Thor, fan, huge Thor fan. I thought Chris, Chris Helmsworth did a good job as Thor. Uh, Thor 3 Ragnarok, or Thor Ragnarok, I, I enjoyed the, and I think that may be one reason why it's higher on the list than it should probably be. I enjoyed the Planet Hulk part, uh, the part of the Hulk in space, and that portion of it. But everything else, I wasn't a huge fan of. Uh, Valkyrie was okay, even though it was a, a race change. I don't care for Thor being the 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 comedy guy. I prefer him being the straight man. And here, in my opinion, they made Thor too much of the the Pratt guy, the, the fall guy, the, the comedian of the group, of the movie. And I, I didn't care for that. I like a more serious Thor. Also, my other problems with Thor Ragnarok is that they they seem to not want to do a Thor, Thor film. They took everything that made Thor Thor. They cut his hair, took his hammer. Uh, they just destroyed uh, Asgard. Took his eye, and it all would be replaced in the next time he shows up. So I, I thought Thor Ragnarok was a, a uh, excuse my language, uh, poor film. Well, like I said, not deep thoughts on him, just my brief impressions. Uh, next one on the list, number 19, was Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 from 2017. And maybe it's just a mood I was in, but Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Again, too much comedy in my opinion. Yes, I know the first one had some comedy in it, but I, I think they felt they leaned too heavily on the comedy for this one. Uh, again, I may have to watch it some more and see. Uh, part of me didn't like that they changed Peter Quill's father from Jason Quill to Ego, though I did like Ego showing up, and I thought they did a good job with Ego. But again, just too much comedy in this one in my opinion. I don't know, I just... Uh, I wanted to like it, but yeah, just too heavy on the comedy, again, in my opinion. Moving up from there, we have at number 18, Thor from 2011. A beautiful movie, but again, and I will admit part of it is I'm not a huge Thor fan, so I, I, I and again, it wasn't a horrible movie. It was a good movie. I enjoyed it. And the reason that, the, or the fact that this is number 18 on the list isn't saying that this is a bad film. I'm going to play my cards early right now. I just think the rest of the Marvel movies were a whole lot better. And like I said, if I was a bigger Thor fan, this probably would have been higher on my list. Again, Chris Helmsworth did a great work, great job as Thor. Beautiful film. It's just, I, I didn't feel it as much. And again, partly because I'm not a huge Thor fan, as I keep saying. So, uh, enjoyable, but... One of the weaker films out of the Marvel movies. Again, not that it's necessarily a bad film. It's just the other ones above it, in my opinion, are so much better. Moving up, we have number 17, Doctor Strange from 2016. Again, a very nice film. Great special effects. I thought that... Uh, oh, mine just turned off. The guy playing Doctor Strange did a fantastic job. He looked the part. He, he played the part well. I didn't care for the rings relying on so much for the powers. 
because I'm not mistaken, he casts more spells instead of using the rings to do a lot of the things he did. But it was an enjoyable film, kind of Inception-y, but again, not a bad film. And again, number 17 just means that it was so great. Or, you know, it was, the rest of the movies are so much greater that this, while a good film, was on the top of my list. Uh, moving up to number 16, again, in my opinion, is Spider-Man Homecoming from 2017. Spider-Man Homecoming. I, I love Tom Holland as Spider-Man. He does a great job. The reason this is so far down the list for me, I, I love Spider-Man. I, I didn't care for the supporting characters. I don't like Anne Hottie. Well, I like her, but that's why I don't like her. Uh, Anne May should be an older woman. She shouldn't be. Everyone should be hitting on her. Uh, everyone shouldn't find her so fine. And uh, Mercer Tremaine's a beautiful woman. She's definitely not Aunt May. Uh, Michelle, aka MJ, or my friends call me MJ. Uh, I hated the character. I hated everything about that character. I, I just thought she was horrible. Just very, you know... She went out of her way to annoy people and be an annoying character. And I just... Yeah, I don't know. I just did not care for Michelle. I refuse to call her MJ because this is not MJ. MJ is a beautiful redhead, a party girl. This Michelle character was just an annoying characterization. Flash, again in quotes, Flash Thompson was not Flash Thompson. He was a wannabe Flash. I hated that character. I would have rather had the jock Flash be in there. Because again, that's that's the character from the comic. I, I wanted the real real uh, Flash Thompson. Another uh, weak part of the movie. And again, I don't have it on my list because I forgot to throw it in here before I decide because it's a more recent movie. The second Spider-Man movie. Far From Home, but the Spider-Man movies, in my opinion, are weaker because, in my opinion, it relies so much on Tony Stark and the Tony Stark legacy. Yes, I know in the comics, Peter does become friends, works for Tony Stark for a while, gets the Spider-Man, the Iron Spider costume, whatever it is, but I I think that Spider-Man, his villains in both movies are too reliant on Tony Stark and Stark Industries. Uh, the subplot or the, the major plot of the characters too reliant on Tony Stark. And, and that's the main reason, like the, the supporting characters and too tied into Tony Stark is why this is so low on my list. Moving up from there, Captain Marvel. Again, number 15. Again, not a horrible movie. Just in my opinion, so many movies are so much better. I don't have the hate that most people do for Brie Larson. I think she did a fine job. A lot of people said she was cold and didn't have much emotion. Again, she went through a lot of changes. She was away from home a good period of time. Uh, That would make you, you know, could make you act different. Uh, I don't know. I just didn't dislike it. But like I said about some of the other movies, it's just... The other movie is so much greater that I don't think this was all it could be. Another thing I don't care much for in this movie is the the fact that they changed Marvel from a guy to a female. Uh, again, I've, I said it before, I don't like race and sex changes. And at first I, I thought, well, maybe they were just using Marvel as a title, but then I, I've listened to other people and know that she's actually supposed to be 
Marvel. So, I again, minor nitpick is again she didn't have a huge part so much, but it's something I don't care for. Uh, moving on to the next movie on this list, uh, number fourteen is Black Panther from two thousand eighteen. Uh, everyone said this was a fantastic, wonderful movie, best movie of the year, best movie of Marvel. Eh, it was a good movie, don't get me wrong. And again, just because it's number 14, it's not saying that this is a bad movie per se. It's just that, in my opinion, the other 13 are so much greater. Um, it Also, it may be partly due to the fact, same reason as Captain Marvel, Doctor Strange, and Thor, I'm not a huge Black Panther fan. He's a decent character, not you know, not a bad character, but just not one that I've ever been drawn to. So that, that could be part of my issue with it. Uh, that plus, I think it got way more hype than it should have. Uh, again, it was the first, in quotes, Marvel black superhero. Petting Side Blade, but that wasn't from Marvel Studios. Uh, I don't know, I just, I, I thought it was a good movie. I enjoyed it, uh, but there was some problems with it. And, again, I'm not a huge Black Panther fan, so, again, these are my opinions. This is my list, so it's going to be based on what I like and don't care for. So, uh, moving on to number 13, we have Iron Man number 2 from 2010. Uh, this had Whiplash. I wish they would have more had the Whiplash armor, the costume from the comics, but that's just me. I thought this was a pretty good film. It followed Iron Man, and for following Iron, following Iron Man, I think it did a pretty good job. I say three was much more or less so as I talked about, but Iron Man two was an enjoyable film, and again, it's it's in the lower half because I've got there's 22 films on here, so yeah, 11 would be halfway mark. So yeah, this is in the lower half of the films, uh, but I enjoyed it for what it is. I've watched it a couple of times. And I would watch it again if it's on TV and nothing better on. I'll, I'll flip it on and watch it again. It was an enjoyable movie. I liked Iron Man 2. Uh, moving on from there, number 12 was Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, the first one from 2014. Uh, I will preference by saying I prefer the original Guardians of the Galaxy, the team from the 30th or 31st century. But and I never really followed the Guardians of the Galaxy until the movie came out. I read some of their story. I read their comic for a while. It was a funny film. It was fun. It was enjoyable. It was uh, more of a comedy film, and I don't mind that. And I know everyone says, well, all Marvel movies are the same. They're all comedies. That's not true. Uh, Guardians, of the Gal- or, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy was a bit more of a comedy film, but I thought it worked. It took a bunch of C-listers that no one's ever heard of for the most part, and it made them somebody. I mean, before the movie came out, I mean, I knew who Gar- uh, Rocket was. But if you went to a person on the street and said Rocket, they're aware. I don't see nothing exploding, you know, and Groot. That's a made-up word, right? Now, these are household names, household characters, as do the Guardians of the Galaxy. And again, it's only number 12 on my list. Like I say it's, it's lower than halfway. But I, I really enjoyed Guardians of the Galaxy. It was a fun film. Uh, and again, Guardians of the Galaxy, it, it might... Over time, rank a little higher, but I don't know, because I got some really good films higher up, on my opinion. So, but yeah, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, the fourth film of the second wave, ranks number 12, in my opinion. 
moving up from there, we are at the halfway mark. We're starting the top half of the films. And like I've said before, not that the lower half, for the most part, is bad films. It's just that, in my opinion, these are the best 11 films, the best of the love and half. Best half? Best half of the Marvel films. And I'm saying 22 because I don't have the uh, newest Spider-Man. That was it Homecoming? No, it was the last one. Far From Home. I don't have Spider-Man Far From Home ranked on here yet. I'll need to rank it at some point and throw it in here. Uh, honestly, it'll, I don't know. It'll probably be in the lower half. Just my preliminary thoughts, but... We'll get to that when we get to that one. Right now, we're at number 11. In my opinion, that is Ant-Man and the Wasp from 2018. A great follow-up to Ant-Man. Uh, I really enjoyed it. It showed us Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, at the very end, it showed us how it ties into Avengers Endgame and Infinity War. Why he wasn't there, what's going on with him. An enjoyable film. I thought that Marvel did a fantastic job with Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, personally, I would have we'll get that with Ant-Man, so we'll wait on that comment I was going to make. But yeah, I really enjoyed Ant-Man and the Wasp. It was a fun, there was some humor in it, but it wasn't an overall comedy. Uh, action, it's just a great movie, in my opinion. We're starting the top ten countdown. <laughs> or, as Casey Kasem would have said, and yes, it's going to be a bad Casey Kasem impersonation, and here is Brotherhead's Top 10 Countdown of the Marvel Movies. I told you it was bad. Anyways, uh, starting at number 10. 10, 10, 10, 10. We have Ant-Man from 2015. Yes, to me, Ant-Man is number 10 on my top 10 list. It was a great movie. It was fun. Uh, Paul, Ritt, Paul, Ritt, Paul Rudd did a great job as Scott Lang. I love they had Cassie as his daughter in there. Uh, just a great time. I like the fact that yeah, they made him a thief, uh, trying to make good. Uh, my only qualm with it is I wish it would have been a, a young Hank Pym joining the Avengers and becoming a superhero, and then maybe bring Scott in later. Because, again, I prefer the, the original stories, much like I wanted the, the original X-Men movie to be around the original five X-Men. I would have liked or preferred a younger uh, Hank Pym becoming Iron or becoming Ant Man and joining the Avengers. And like I say later on, bringing Scott Lang. But what we got was a great movie. I enjoyed it nonetheless. Uh, just having a younger Hank Pym be the movie about him would have been my preference. But I'm old school like that. So, but no, I thought that. Uh, like I said, the entire cast did a great job. Uh, Angeli, whatever her name is from uh, Lost, did a great job as uh, Hope, as in, uh, as uh, Hank's daughter. Michael uh, Douglas did a great job as Hank Pym. Uh, the entire cast was great. Of course, everyone loves Lewis. Uh, he would have been, you know, again, as people said, he would have been great to sum up the Avengers, Infinity War, maybe even everything that's the, the previous 21 movies before Endgame. That would have been hilarious. He's a great character. Uh, all his, his other sidekicks are great also, but yeah, Lewis steals the show. Uh, I loved him in this one in the sequel. In the sequel. Uh, he's just great. And yeah, this is just a great movie overall, in my opinion. But that was number 10, Ant-Man. Coming in at number 9, we have Captain America Winter Soldier. 2014. 
I know it may be blasphemy. A lot of people consider Winter Soldier up in the top five. And it's a great movie. But again, I, I think I prefer the other movies a little bit better for other reasons. But yeah, this was uh, Captain America and the Winter Soldier, or the Winter Soldier. This was reintroducing Bucky. Again, from reading the comics, I knew that when Bucky disappeared in Captain America, he'd be back as the Winter Soldier. But yeah, they did a great job bringing him back. I thought Sebastian Stan did a great job as the Winter Soldier. I just love this is a great movie. Again, the reason is number nine. It's just it's in the top ten. It's like I said, I think most people I talk to rank it up higher. But I don't know. And again, these top ten films they can change on my whims, as I've said. Uh, just at the time I did this, uh, nine was the ranking for it. Uh, I think this is the one with the elevator scene. That was a fantastic scene in the movie where he took out all the guys in the elevator. Uh, I don't know. Just Captain America. I love Captain America. He's a great character. Uh, and this was a great movie. So I think I'm fine placing it at number nine. Uh, so that's Captain America Winter Soldier number nine. Number nine, number nine. Moving on to number eight. The fifth movie in the second wave of Avenger, uh, Marvel movies, Avengers Age of Ultron 2015. I love this movie. It was great. I love the, the battle in the... Uh, one of the Markovia, whatever the city they're holding up in the air. Uh, the introduction of Ultron was great. I love the fact that Ultron and the Vision were all tied in together. I just wish that, again, going back to my uh, Ant-Man comments, I wish that Hank Pym had been introduced and became a member of the Avengers and had had a hand in creating Ultron, like in the comics. I know they're they're tying it more to Iron Man instead of Pym. Everything in the Marvel Universe is tied around Iron Man, Tony Stark. But again, my personal preference is just because I'm an old school comic book fan and I'm an old man. Get off my lawn, kids. Yeah, I thought James Spader did a fantastic job as the voice of Ultron. Uh, we had, who else do we have in this? Anthony Mackie. Aaron Taylor Johnson is Quicksilver. I, I like the costume in here. I think the effects were better over in the X-Men franchise with Quicksilver. Again, for those that don't know, both the, the, the X-Men have rights to Quicksilver being Magneto's children, but they're also part of the Avengers, so they could use them as Avengers, but they couldn't tie them as being mutants or being related to Magneto. So they had to redo their origins in here. Um, I thought one uh, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver were great. I love their addition in here. I uh, wish they hadn't killed off Quicksilver, but I, I love the way he, you know, he got, his, he got shot. Bitch, he that coming. It's a callback to earlier in the film. Yeah, just great. I just love this movie. I, I do like at the end scene where Thanos is uh, pinning on the gauntlet, getting ready to start to go after the Finney Stones himself finally. It ties it all together with the upcoming films, ties in the previous films. This and then in fact, this movie ties into the later films, the Sokovia. I think it was the name of it. Accord. Yeah, it just it's fantastic film. I didn't know what to say about it. Just it was great. Again, I think some people have this probably rated higher, but in my again, it's my list. This is where I have it at. So Avengers: Age of Ultron, number eight on the countdown. Moving on. To number seven on Brotherhood Movie Count Marvel Movie Countdown, we have Captain America Civil War. 
part of my problem with this movie is the title. To me, it should have been Avengers Civil War. Maybe it should have been the third one and then move things down accordingly. Because it, it was an Avengers movie. It was them coming together. It was them fighting. Yes, Captain America was a big part of it, but so was, was Tony Stark and the rest of the Avengers. So that's my major problem with this movie. It's just the title. It, it should have been an Avengers movie. It should have been Avengers Civil War. It should have been the third Avengers movie, leaving Infinity War and Endgame for four and five. But it doesn't really bother the ranking any. It's still, like I say, it's number seven. It's a great movie. It's fantastic. It's it's the I think it came out the same year around the same time as Batman versus Superman. While I enjoyed that one, this was the much better hero versus hero fight. We get uh, Ant Man turning into Goliath at the airport turning hall. We get the the appearance of Tom Holland as Spider Man. Uh, hey Webs, you're on Webs. Whatever. It's like hey. Come on, guys. <laughs> you know, that old movie, Star Wars? <laughs> yeah, Giant Man or Goliath with her legs. Oh, that was a great movie. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I, yeah, it's number seven on my list, but yeah, it's still a great... I say all these movies, especially the top ten, are just fantastic in my opinion. And again, on ask me on a certain day, and this make rate make rank a little higher on the list at some point. Uh, some days maybe a little lower, but yeah, I, I don't know what to say about it. Captain America Civil War was a great movie. I did like uh, Baron Zemo showing up. I just wish he would have been more Baron Zemo, if you would know what I mean. If you're familiar with Baron Zemo. I I know Baron Zemo is a Captain America villain, but I really got to know him as a member of the uh, Thunderbolts. I love the, the original concept of the Thunderbolts. Uh, hero or villains acting like heroes. Until they, most of them, realize they're doing a good job as heroes and try to become heroic. So, and Baron Zemo was their leader. He was playing uh, Citizen V. So that, that's where I got to know Baron Zemo from. So, I, and I'm from my understanding he's supposed to show up in some of the other movies or series they got coming out. I uh, can't wait to see more of Baron Zemo. But yeah, The Civil War was a great movie. Captain America... Or in my opinion, Avengers Civil War, number seven on the countdown. Moving on to number six. Uh, for the longest time until the last couple of movies, this was number five in my list. A lot of people think it ranks a lot lower. But the heck with them. I am right. They are wrong. No, number five. Number six on the count. Brotherhood's countdown. The Incredible Hulk. This is the one with Ed Norton. I, I think Ed Norton, in my opinion, makes a much better banner than Mark Ruffio. I mean, he's not bad, but I, I when I think, especially after seeing him do this movie, I, when I think uh, Bruce Banner, I think Ed Norton. My only biggest qualm, two biggest qualms of this movie is, one, it didn't get a sequel. Okay, three qualms. One, it didn't get a sequel. I thought they should have had a sequel. They had it all set up for it. It deserved a sequel. I understand part of it was the, the rights of Universal and other hubbub had problems with uh, Ed Norton, apparently. From what I heard, Ed Norton did a lot of rewrites on it and made it more of a Hulk movie, and people, are, uh, Marvel didn't want to give him credit for it, and that was a big problem from my understanding. Again, these are all second, third-hand accounts. I don't know how much of it's true, but I, I really did enjoy his Bruce Banner. 
My uh, second problem with it is I didn't care for the way they did the Abomination. Uh, they made him look too much like Doomsday, and then when Doomsday came out in the Batman vs. Superman, people claimed to look like the Abomination. Well, in my opinion, that's Marvel's fault for making their character look more like a hornless, boneless Doomsday than like the, the green skin, wet, fish-eared, whatever, Abomination. I would have liked to see the real Abomination, but I enjoyed it nonetheless. Uh, my third problem with this movie is I didn't care for Liv Tyler as uh, Betty Ross. I Again, I love Liv Tyler. She's a beautiful woman, but and not to be negative, but she's too mopey. Just in general, she's got a mopey kind of look about her. Uh, sad puppy dog eyes. She doesn't, to me, come across as the daughter of a military man. I don't know who would have got what been better offhand. I don't have a character or an actress in mind, but if they would have replaced her, I think this would have been a much better movie. Well, I do enjoy Liv Tyler. I think she's beautiful. She's not Betty Ross. Not in my opinion. But besides that, I, I love this movie. I thought it was a great, they did a great job at it. I uh, loved, I thought the Hulk looked really good. Much better than the Ang Lee Incredible Hulk movie, if you ask me. But sadly, we'll probably never see Ed Norton as Bruce Banner, which which disappoints me and makes me, makes me sad. Oh, sad puppy face. Uh, <laughs> but that is number five, or number, sorry, number six. The Incredible Hulk, number six on Brotherhood's Countdown. Moving on to the top five. This is the top five Marvel movies on Brotherhood's list as the time I made this list. Number five, Avengers Infinity War from 2018. Yes, I placed Infinity War as number uh, five on my list. Great movie. Uh, If you haven't seen it, uh, you're missing out. I do love... I, I love the Avengers. I love what they did with it. Uh, Thanos was a great villain. Uh, the scene with uh, Peter Parker disappearing, very sad. Start. I don't feel so good. You're all right. I don't. I don't know what's happening. I don't know. Okay. I don't want to go. I don't want to go, sir. Please, please. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. Sorry, I gotta close the windows. Got some dust in here. I'm not crying. You're crying. Shut up. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I like messing with my son and everyone's because he's a big Spider, huge Spider-Man fan. So I'm like, Mr. Stark, I don't feel so good. He's like, Screw you, Dad. <laughs> of course, I didn't say anything because he's a big Doctor Who fan. So I look over and like, I don't want to go. <laughs> Doctor Tenth, Tenth. I think it's the 10th Doctor. Yeah, 10th Doctor. Uh, that was his favorite Doctor. So, yeah. Just an mess with my son. He's 25 right now. I'll look him over at him and go, I don't want to go. He's like, shut up, Dad. Leave me alone. <laughs> but, no, it was a great movie. Uh, the deaths, yeah. And, again, why Spider-Man took a little longer to die than the rest, why he had time to do all he did, you know, make that speech, you know, the, the, not the speech necessarily, but tell Stark he didn't feel so good. It was quicker. Uh, that's up to interpretation. Some say it was a spider, not spider sense, or some say it was a healing factor. Uh, 
Uh, we're not quite sure. I don't know if the Russo brothers have ever said why, but Infinity War, Thanos. Uh, the only problem, again, in quotes with this is that I think this kind of messed up the Avengers movie because they were going to use Darkseid, and they I think they were afraid too many people would compare it to this because originally Justice League of America, Just League, uh, JLA, it was called Justice League. It's called Justice League. The Justice movie, Justice League movie, was going to be a two-part movie like this. Darkseid is the villain, and they get way too much crap for being considered copying Marvel, even though Darkseid came first, and they were both created by the same creator, Jack Kirby and Jim Starlin working on them both. So this coming out first, and I'm a bigger DC fan, so I would have rather seen a good Justice League America movie, in my opinion. With Darkseid as the villain, but uh, Affinity War was great. It was a great movie. It was just all kinds of awesome. And that's why it is Brotherhead's top five pick, Avengers Affinity War. Moving on to number four, Marvel's The Avengers. Uh, again, great movie. First time in, in you know that memory that we get all these superheroes teaming up and forming the Avengers. I waited over 40 years for this. I love... It's the Avengers on the big screen. Uh, This is what the Just League should have been, in my opinion. I'm a bigger Just League, as I said. A bigger DC fan, a bigger Just League fan. Uh, This is what I wanted for the Justice League. Sadly, we didn't get it. But the Avengers, like I say, it's number four. Again, depends on the mood I'm in. It could be even higher, just because... This is the first one, in my opinion, that did it right. Got them all together. Did the Avengers. Uh, We had Loki, which was there at the beginning of the Avengers in the comics. Uh, (laughs) When Hulk lands, it just smacks Thor. And then later on, when Tony Stark's talking to uh, Loki, and Loki's like, I got an army. And Tony's like, we have a Hulk. (laughs) Hulk comes and takes uh, Loki and just... Starts beating him like a rag doll. It's like, puny, puny god. <laughs> Great movie. It wasn't a comedy, but it did have some comedic effects in it. Uh, but yeah, Avengers was a fantastic movie. It was like, say, it was just Captain America was awesome in it, meeting Thor and Iron Man and all the three of them, the, the Trinity teaming up. Black Widow, Hawkeye. I'm not a huge fan of this Hawkeye. I prefer the comic. Cockeye, the, the costume compared to what we have here, but it wasn't bad. Jeremy Renner did a good job as Hawkeye. Yeah, I love when uh, Loki with the Hokey Pokey sticks, you know, goes down in front of those people and tells them you're going to bow to me. And that old guy that survived World War II is like, I remember another man that said, talk like you talked. We kicked his butt too. <laughs> Basically, it was just fantastic. I love the Avengers. I will watch anytime it's on the the big battle for Chitari from space. That was awesome. Uh, it was just an awesome movie. I just thoroughly enjoyed that. Uh, but yeah, number four on Brotherhood's Hit Parade is the Avengers. Number three, Iron Man. Yes, two thousand eight, the start of it all, and that's one reason it's so high on my list of the movies is because Iron Man. I mean, yes, there was Blade. Uh, there was the X-Men movies, the Spider-Man movies. There was movies before this, but 
Iron Man is the first of the cinematic universe. It started the whole ball rolling things from this movie tied into the very last movie. It was just... So from here through the next 22 movies, things tied in together. And it all started here. I think uh, Robert Downey Jr. was Tony Stark. I thought he did a great job as the character. Um, I know some people said that they changed, kind of changed Iron Man in the comic to be more like Tony Stark. I, I don't know. Maybe just me. Maybe it's my retroactive thinking, but I, I always kind of thought that Tony, uh, Tony Stark came across the same way that, for the most part, on and off, that Robert Downey Jr. played him here. Robert Downey Jr. had his own problems with alcohol and drugs, kind of like Tony Stark. He, he made a comeback from that. He was a big actor in the 80s. He fell away from the life because he was into drugs and stuff and alcohol, whatever his addictions were. And he's beat that back, and he came back and, and had a second career, if you will, in the movies. Uh, yes, he's going to be known for, probably for all time as Iron Man. But that's why Iron Man is number three on my pit parade. Yes, this is the first of the first wave of movies. It's when it started it all. And Iron Man ends it all pretty much. So just a great movie. Really enjoyable. But Iron Man from 2008, number three on Brotherhood's Marvel Hit Parade. Next up, number two spot, Avengers Endgame from 2019. The 22nd movie they did. Uh, it, it, it could have, if they wanted to end it here, they could. They ended it perfectly, in my opinion. Uh, like I said, things from the Iron Man came back into here. Spoilers, if you haven't seen it yet, the Avengers come back. After the big snap, after the uh, Infinity War, they're able to bring them all back, of course, the ones that were snapped away. A lot of people said there was plot holes that they didn't address it fully. I thought they did fine for what they were doing. This isn't a personal, introspective movie. This is the big picture movie because it's the Avengers. It's looking at everybody. And... Uh, yeah, I don't know if I would have gone for five years. Everyone was gone, but hey, that's what they did, and I enjoyed it. I've seen this movie three times so far. Uh, me and the daughter and father-in-law went opening weekend and watched it. The following Tuesday, my middle son took me to go watch it, and then like a week or so later, my oldest son took me and my father-in-law to go watch it as a Father's Day present. So I thoroughly enjoyed this. Like I said, the very end of this ties into the beginning. Ties into Iron Man. At the very very end, you hear. Just the Iron Man's hammer banging from the original Iron Man movie. Uh, it was a great movie, a great way to finish out the, the run. If this was, like they didn't, they're not ending here. There's gonna be another what a fourth wave of movies. But I thought they did a great job. Uh, Thanos was awesome. Uh, a few things they left open. A few things that wasn't quite explained all the way that you got to kind of figure out. But overall, yes, it was a fantastic, lovely movie. I, I loved it. My boys, my father-in-law, my daughter, we all loved this movie. And I can just keep gushing about how great it was. I loved when the, the portal started opening. We all sit here on your left. And Falcon came flying in. All these heroes showed up. Yes, they did bring in the, the uh, Netflix heroes. But maybe they were busy elsewhere. Maybe they didn't go away. We don't know. But, again, I would have liked to see the Netflix heroes just because to be a completist. Or maybe the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. with Quake and Coulson and all them. But I thought they did a good job of what they gave us. Thoroughly enjoyed this. And this is my number two movie. 
Number two, Avengers Endgame. Finally, the number one movie on Brothers Heads. Brothers Head? Brother Heads list. The number one movie, the top movie. Well, if you've been paying attention and you remember the names of all the movies, you know what it is already. But here is number one. Captain America, the first Avenger. And again, I, this may slide up and down. This may be exchanged with Endgame. Iron Man may slide up here. Depends on the movie I'm in, the day of the week. But at this point, uh, Captain America, the first Avenger. I, I love this movie. The first Captain America movie. Well, not the first, because there was one in the past, but we're forgetting about those. Uh, the first of the cinematic universe, Captain America movies. I thought Chris Evans made a fantastic Captain America. Steve Rogers. I, I love the puny. A lot of people complained. They said they could see the head photoshopped onto another body. I couldn't see that. Um, I don't want to say, but Captain America, the first Avenger. It wasn't the first of the movies. It was the fifth that came along. In fact, I think this was right before... Yeah, this was right before the Avengers movie came out. This was a throwback in time. Had the, the chest rack. The Red Skull was awesome. I wish the Red Skull would have shown up to fight Captain America in another movie. I know we got him, again, spoilers, in the Avengers, movie, the Avengers uh, Infinity War and Endgame movie. But I thought that Red Skull was awesome in this. Uh, just all around, just a great movie. I loved Avenger, uh, Captain America, the first Avenger. I don't know. I just don't want to say Captain America, the first Avenger was a great movie. It's the way a movie should be done. I love Tommy Lee Jones in here as the, the sergeant, whatever he was. We got to see Iron Man's uh, father, Howard Stark, in here. Uh, Peggy Carter and Captain America start the relationship or try to start a relationship. Uh, it was just great the way they, they started it out in modern time. They went back to the past. And they ended in modern time. I just love this movie. I'll watch it whenever it's on. But in my opinion, at this point in time, again, it may change here and there. This will vary because I'm a human being. My thoughts do change. But right now, the number one list on Brotherhood's Marvel Hit Parade is Captain America, the first Avenger. That is my top 10, or top 10, top listing of the Marvel movies. As I said earlier, I did include the uh, Spider-Man Far From Home because it came out after I made this list. In fact, I think uh, Endgame came out after I made this list, but I slotted it in there. Maybe I'll, I'll figure out and throw Spider-Man in there at some point, but it, honestly, it's it's in the lower half. Uh, home, uh, far From Home. But... What do you think? Do you like my list? Do you think I'm right? Do you think I'm wrong? Let me know what your opinion is. Tell me, you know, 
send me your top 10 lists at least, and I can read it on the air. I can let everyone know what you think. Uh, you can email me at head at headspeaks.com or go to the Facebook page, the website, anything, and, and let me know what you think. How far off the park am I? How far off are we on our movies here? Uh, I'm curious what you guys think. Uh, why am I right? Why am I wrong? Let me know. But that is at the movies ahead and the ranking of the Marvel movies. Previous episodes, I've done the DC movies. Now it's the Marvel movies. Uh, maybe at some point I'll kind of rank them together. But again, I am a DC guy. But in the movie wise, the top five at least is definitely Marvel. And my just to give you a heads up now. But let me know what you guys think. And it's been quite a while, so we're going to probably take another quick break, and I'll be right back. Head Speaks will be back after these important messages. Hello there. This is Jared Albrick, a.k.a. The Yard Sale Artist, with a quick podcast promo for my show, Comics with Normies. Here's how the show works. Using my yard sailing skills, I acquire a random comic book from a yard sale. I then give said random comic to a normie. A normie being a person who doesn't normally read comic books. Then, on the show, I'll sit down with the normie to discuss the issue. Get a real outsider's point of view and see what some of the comics that we love, and maybe not love so much, seem like to those normal folks we see walking around on the streets each day. It should be a fun perspective and good for a few laughs. You can check out the Comics with Normies podcast, along with some other fun-filled podcasts from White Rocket Entertainment, on iTunes and at whiterocket.podbean.com. And feel free to join the show using the Twitter handle at Normies Podcast or on Facebook at Comics with Normies. Once again, you can find Comics with Normies on iTunes and at whiterocket.podbean.com. We'll see you there. come in all shapes and sizes coming soon from the fire and water podcast network it's digest cast a new show dedicated to our beloved pocket-sized treasures from that bygone era of the 70s and 80s hosted by the fire and water podcast team of robin shag and we'll be joined from time to time by special guests it's digest cast because big things come in small packages coming soon to the fire and water podcast network Now back to Head Speaks. And now I present to you Mel comments or anything uh, i do have a couple of facebook likes and shares and what have you i'm going to share them real quick uh there's mike zamzowski coffee and comics and then clinton robinson well, i haven't had a lot of uh movement on anything probably probably due to me not doing as much as i probably should on the social media i'm not a big social media type guy so uh, but the other reason i wanted to uh do heads mail bag 
Again, this is my 50th episode. I, I put it out there to my fellow podcasters, let them know I was having my 50th episode coming up. And I did get one comment, uh, an audio comment I wanted to play for you guys. Uh, bear with me one second. I'm going to play that comment that came in. Hey, Aaron. Head. It's uh, Paul Hicks here from Waiting for Doom, DCOCD. I just want to say congratulations on 50 episodes. That is quite a lot of podcasting. Well done, mate. Um, I would really like to commend you on the topics that you've chosen, um, the comics that you have uh, taken off the board so other podcasters uh, don't have them to pick, which is a bit sad because I'm a massive Suicide Squad fan. Uh, but, you know, well done. You've done a great coverage of all these shows and uh, you've finished up a lot of stuff and i think your um behind the podcast segment is absolutely brilliant so well done mate and all the best for many many more episodes cheers thank you very much paul that was a pleasure hearing from you i admire you and your shows so hearing those kind words from you just makes my heart proud so thank you very much i know we've talked once before on my task force x anytime you want to reappear on task force x talk some suicide squad let me know. You have an open invitation, my friend. That was Paul Hicks with the Waiting for Doom uh, podcast, where they cover the Doom Patrol. And they also have their DCOCD podcast, which looks at all the DC events. I was a semi-OCD for their uh, Armageddon 2001 crossover here a while back. But Paul's got some great shows. Uh, him and his partner, uh, Mike... Go and check them out over on the Waiting for Doom. Take a search for that or the DCOCD. Great, great shows. Great guys. I had them on my Task Force X podcast here quite a while back. I may have to get back with Paul and maybe have him back on Suicide Squad at some point over on Task Force X, since he's such a big fan. But, again, not much really else to report on here. If you want to write in, please do so at head at headspeaks.com, and I'll read your message on the air. If you want to send an MP3 in, I can play that on the air, or leave me a review. Almost any, I mean, I can, on my website, uh, head.headspeaks.com, on the Facebook page, you can look for Headspeaks. On Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you get your bigger podcasts at, leave me a review. I'll read them on the air. And also, I finally set up a Patreon page. I've announced it here and there on some other shows. You can go to patreon.com slash headcastnetwork. That's for all my shows. I'm still working out the details on it, but I've got the page up finally. If you enjoy what I'm doing here on any of my shows, uh, throw a couple bucks in the tin. That'll help me out a little bit. But I guess that's going to do it for Head's Mailbag. Like I said, wasn't much this time. Hopefully the next time there's more. So I think that's going to do it. That was Brother Head's 50th episode of Head Speaks. I want to thank you all for joining in. If you've been here for the last 50 episodes, uh, if you've been here for the last episode, don't care how long you've been here, if you've been listening to this show, I appreciate it very much. I want to give some special thanks. Uh, special thanks to Kevin Smith for, as I've talked about before, earlier in the show and previously, for telling me to go out there and start a podcast. I want to thank Sue Sturgeon for taking me to see the, uh, what is it, Jay and Silent Bob groovy cartoon movie, which gave me the idea to start doing this podcast. I want to thank uh, my family for their time and patience when I'm doing these podcasts. I want to give special thanks to Michael Bailey and Jeffrey Taylor from the From Crisis to Crisis, a Superman podcast, 
and also the irredeemable Shag and his co-host Rob Kelly over on the Fire and Water Network and the Fire Water Podcast for helping me, uh, whether they know it or not, they uh, help inspire me to create these podcasts and do these shows. So if you guys like them, thank those guys. If not, it's my fault I've mangled it somewhere. <laughs> and especially Shag. Uh, we've talked on Facebook. Uh, I have had him on my shows. He's been on. I've been on one of his shows. And again, he's the one that got me to start the... Uh, ta- him talking on Who's Who. Got me to create the Starman Manhunter show. Uh, so I, I'm blaming them for all my endeavors. For all this, this podcasting addiction I have. Because uh, as I've said previously, I don't have an addiction. Uh, <laughs> but no, again, if you guys want to be a part of the show, definitely... Send me your thoughts. You can send me an MP3 to head at headspeaks.com. You can also send me your email there. Leave some messages at the uh, Facebook page, the website. Search for Head Speaks. And also, I'm on Patreon, finally. Patreon.com slash headcastnetwork. If you are interested in the show, help me out. Throw a few bucks in the tin. Uh, maybe if I get enough money, maybe I can do some conventions or upgrade my equipment or something. Depends on what I get. But, again, I don't, I don't know how well it's going to do, but I do have patreon.com slash headspeaks. I'm sorry, Headcast Network. That's where it's at. Headcast Network. Uh, and, again, let me know what you guys think. Did you enjoy this episode? Do you agree with my thoughts on the Marvel movies? Am I completely crazy? Um, what are, do you think about the Just League Europe annual? Do you agree with me and the Schaefer Hameses and Clinton? Are we crazy? Let me know what you guys think. I, I'm always interested in your guys' thoughts. Uh, Armageddon 2001 overall, what do you think? I will be next month. Uh, hopefully things work out right. We will have our 51st episode, and we will have Armageddon 2001 issue 2, which I wanted to have for this month, but things didn't work out. So, uh, But a special thanks to my guests this episode, uh, Jonathan and Maggie Schaefer-Hames, Clinton Robinson, thank you guys very much for taking time out of your day to talk with me about the Just League Europe. Uh, for more on Just League Europe, check out Irredeemable Shag Show, the uh, JLI Bohaha podcast over on the Fire and Water Network. It's a great show uh, covering a great comic. He's covering the Just League International slash America slash Europe from the late 80s, early 90s. As I've said on this show, uh, that is my golden age of comics. So definitely check out Shag Show. Let them know I sent you. Um, check out my other shows on the network. Uh, second Tuesday of the month, I have G.I. Joe, a Royal American Headcast, where me and several other guest hosts get together and talk about the G.I. Joe comic from the late 80s, early 90s, and also the cartoon from the same time frame. A great show. Love it. Love talking G.I. Joe. Uh, also, you can join me for the third Tuesday of the month, where I talk about the Suicide Squad and Checkmate. Again, from the late 80s, early 90s, over on a little show called Task Force X. And the fourth Tuesday of the month, we'll bring you the Starman Manhunter Venture Hour. Uh, right now, though, it's just the Starman Adventure Hour, but I'm not rebranding it. I've covered the Manhunter book, now I'm on the Starman by itself. And I'm also looking at the comics that came out that month. So it's about an hour, a little over an hour still. So, <laughs> And also the fourth uh, Tuesday, if things fall right... I will have a second G.I. Joe show coming out. Well, it's already been coming out, so I'll continue with that. Bravo Team, where I look at the auxiliary... Auxiliary? Auxiliary? Whatever it is. The other G.I. Joe things. Uh, 
either toys, comics, books, movies, whatever, that's not tied into the real American Hero line from Marvel or the original cartoon series. So definitely check us out. If you want to hear me talk about something specific, let me know. We've covered the third wave or second wave of toys. I forget now. In the first episode and the next couple episodes, we're just talking with different people about their G.I. Joe origins and different things about G.I. Joe. I had a versus episode where I ranked people, had people give their rankings of, you know, who was better, Flynn or Duke, G.I. Joe Cobra, and so forth and so on. Anything not related to the original stuff will be fair game for Bravo Team. So go ahead and let me know anything about those shows. Uh, if you want to appear on any of the shows, let me know. I'm always willing, willing, willing. I'm always willing to talk to people. So shoot me an email. Let me know if you want to appear on any show. Talk about anything specific, and I will talk with you. But I guess that's going to be it for this episode. Thanks again for joining me. Um, just thinking here real quick. Stay tuned for the credits, and then I will have the bloopers, just a few this time. And finally, after that, after I haven't done quite a while, again, it's kind of a, uh, legally, it's an iffy situation. But since this is my 50th episode, I will have a song at the very end. What song? I don't know yet. I'm still working on this. I'm recording it right now. I'm going to piece it together probably tomorrow a little bit more and pull back the curtain a little bit. I've got a couple weeks before this episode comes out. So the next week or so, I'm going to throw a, a, uh, a song in there. I may throw another segment in here before I get done with it. Because, again, i got another couple weeks before it's, it's due out. Again, pull back the curtain. This previous Tuesday for when I'm talking right now, I just released episode 49. So uh, we'll see what happens. But thank you again very much for joining me. Uh, send me your thoughts. Uh, go to Patreon. Throw a few bucks in the tin if you like what I do. Uh, if not, let me know why. Let me know I'm doing wrong. I enjoy hearing from people. But I guess that's going to be it for this time. Until next month, with episode 51 of this ongoing addiction and enterprise I have going, remember, Ed has spoken. Thank you for listening to another fantastic episode of Head Speaks. Hope you enjoyed it. If so, let me know. Drop me an email to head at headspeaks.com or visit our home at head.headspeaks.com. You can also visit and talk with me on Facebook and Google Plus, both under Head Speaks. You can also send an MP3 file with your thoughts and I can play that on the air. And you can also get more of me on my other podcasts. Be sure to listen to Task Force X where monthly I look at John Ostinger's Suicide Squad and Paul Kuppenberg's Checkmate comics from the 80s and early 90s. Also, over on G.I. Joe, a real American headcast, my podcasting friends, Ryan Daly and Kyle Benning, along with myself, are looking at all of the G.I. Joe, a real American hero comics, and related titles from Marvel and IDW. All of my headcasts are available on iTunes and Stitcher, along with the respective blogs and my main page at headspeaks.com. All, all comments, thoughts, and opinions expressed on Headspeaks 
are owned wholly by the speaker of said comments and do not express the opinions of Head Speaks. Unless, of course, I'm the one making the comments. Head Speaks, Task Force X, and G.I. Joe, Real American Headcast are all part of the Headcast family. So join us next month for another wonderful episode of Head Speaks. Until then, I'll see you in the funny pages. Good night. Welcome back to this episode for this. Try that messed up there. Let's see real quick. Just one second. Okay. Try that again. Stop reading. I gotta stop reading. Fix this real quick. And so I don't confuse myself. Clear this out. Damn it! Can't stand busy. Give me one second. Someone's at the door that needs to be killed. Okay. This is exactly how our intro recordings go. Excuse me. Okay. All right, I'm back. UPS man delivered my wife's school books. Oh, okay. We were like, what's going, what's going on? <laughs> just no, just going from audio cues. That could have been literally. Mumble, mumble, grumble, gripe, car driving. <laughs> Did we piss him off? <laughs> Let's try this one more time. It was a very JLI-esque moment. Overture, down the lights, this is it. The guest has to do that part, right? Yes, that, now that you mentioned, that's a good idea. So the guest needs... <laughs> Thanks, John. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. I did enough singing for the JLMA promo, thank you. Okay, are we all ready then? Everyone go to the bathroom, got your your beer, whatever you need to drink. We're doing it sober. We apologize for the dipping quality. (laughs) (laughs) Doing it sober.